good. And it's it's live now, actually. You can go get it on uh, iTunes or Google Play. Oh, yeah? Right there. Now. Yeah. Once I finish this, I'll have to download. But, uh, well, that's 13 seconds worth of preamble, so fuck this. Welcome to Dance Robot <laughs> Dance, episode 82, everybody. Uh, I'm Mark. It is the shittiest Friday in the history of shitty Fridays in uh, Ontario here. It's snowing like a motherfucker, and it took me 90 minutes to do a 20-minute drive back from work, so I'm in a fucking rip-roaring good mood. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, so, it's, like, it's like 15 in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. How about... Uh, maybe I it was, should move It was to a little Atlanta. cloudy today, though. Ah, oh, fuck off. I'm going <laughs> to die. I hate you. <laughs> Seriously, it's, we've had two blizzards this week. And I, I hate talking about the weather on the podcast, but we've had two fucking snowstorms during rush hour this week. And every time I'm just like, I was supposed to move to Vancouver with a hot blonde and we broke up and I didn't go. And I hate my life so goddamn much right now. <laughs> so that was good. Obviously, sorry, we're, we're rambling. I'm Mark. We are Dance Robot Dance. Did I say that yet? I'm not sure what's going on. I think so. You, you said the episode that. number, which means you probably okay. said the... Probably uh, starting. Probably was starting to get into like ramble through stuff, but yeah. uh, I'm obviously I'm here with Tim. Tim is here. Happy Friday, everybody, or whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. It's Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> um, and obviously, Christy has absconded. She is. I don't even know what she's doing. She's in this theater. Week. She's in theater country again. Yeah, she's she's off doing theater stuff. So uh, we've recruited our Korean pinch hitter. Paul's <laughs> <laughs> here. Ha- happy Saturday morning, everyone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Paul's, Paul's in the future. Yeah, Paul's in Olympics. Olympics country. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, how's that? Uh, how's that panning out for well, you? The only uh, way that really affects me is that um, we have an excuse to let the kids watch TV in class because they get to watch the Olympics, which saves me a lot of time. And so it's just easier to find an excuse to have them watch TV during class. Exactly. I mean, you're still doing it usually. Now it's just even easier. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. It's not just the the same like YouTube channels again and again. It's like actual like relevant shit. And the only other way that it's really affected me is that like Grinder is crawling with athletes right now. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so I've deleted it because they're all gross. It's, like literally hashtag Make America Great Again. Americans coming to Korea for the Olympics. It's gross. Mm. Gay white men who are Trump supporters, possibly the worst human beings oh. in the world. So there you go. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> well, how, wait, 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 wait. How can you be a gay Trump supporter? That doesn't mean because they're make... racist. They're, uni- they're unicorns. Uh, well, they're like the worst unicorns. Yeah. What's a bad unicorn? Um, I don't know. It's a unicorn where the, the horn is like an evil unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Or it's got a horn for a dick instead of on its head. <laughs> like, a, like a narwhal. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, it's Yeah, but it, like people are excited. Korea has a really good inviting presence when it comes to the Olympics. They actually have a group of Koreans that um, cheer for countries that don't have any fans and representation. So you've got like a Korean contingent cheering for like Vanuatu and stuff like that. It's great. Like they're... They're really, it's really, really like nice to see how friendly and inviting they are. Wasn't wasn't Vanuatu the the really oiled up dude? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. The the dude, yeah, yeah. That was like super muscular and all oiled up. That got lots of love during the last summer. And Olympics. again for the Winter Olympics too, apparently. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not really super interested in you know sports, but uh, it's like it's kind of fun to keep up and everyone seems to be having a good time with it so it's cool plus it's always fun to be a canadian during the winter olympics because yeah. like it's all you know we can be to like the whole world like 
you're in our town now, bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> this is the life we lived like eight months out of the yeah. goddamn year. There is definitely that. They're so friendly down there, though, too. They've even invited, they've got North Koreans like on the it's not even like a north and south korean, korean. Olympic team it's a yeah. korean Olympic yeah. team. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> really it's, cool. uh that's been uh, a big deal for korean relations overall like there are there are south koreans who are against reunification and things like that so it's kind of as well as should. yeah but at the at the same time like it's it's a step in the right direction i think and hopefully uh-huh. hopefully that leads to something good Wait, did you say it's a step in the right defection? Was that it? <laughs> I'm positive there's going to be some fucking North Koreans that are not going back after this. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know they're not. That's, that's entirely possible. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. I'm glad you're having a good time. Let's get into the news. There's just a monster fuck ton of news this week. <laughs> it's sure been, uh, is. Yeah. So let's start with trailers because there was about 900 <laughs> trailers that came out this week. Super Bowl trailers. Yeah, but they weren't. Not all of them were Super Bowl. Were they? Well, like Deadpool wasn't. Super they were Bowl. all like around that. And like some of them were teased during yeah. the Super Bowl and stuff like that. And then yeah, okay. I guess it was just a wave that sort of seemed to be set off by the Super Bowl. Let's start out in your country then, Tim. It's uh, we've got it. We finally got a teaser trailer for Solo. Mm. Wait. Oh yeah, I guess I'm. I'm out of the two of us. I'm the bigger Star Wars. Guy. You're you're the bigger Star Wars guy. You're the biggest Star Wars guy on this podcast right now. I know Paul's <laughs> about about as enthusiastic about it as I am, which is like enthusiastic, but not insane enthusiasm. Yeah. I guess. No, I liked it overall. It has a very different vibe from the saga, the episodic movies, at least mm. in terms of tone, which is exactly what I've been wanting out of the anthology movies. Is you can tell a story that's sort of just a different vibe overall. And I am so fucking rock hard for Donald Glover as Lando. He looks, he yeah, looks, he's yeah. Russian. <laughs> he looks amazing. So he's the only reason I'm really excited for that movie, to be honest. Like I've been hearing so many, like it's gone through so many production problems and like director changes. Like now that Ron Howard is. Well, we can get into that because there was a story I pulled that I haven't actually read yet about uh, Lucasfilm detailing why, the original directors uh, left the project. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So we can get into that in a second. But if you'll give me a minute, I just realized I have not actually watched the entire solo trailer yet. Oh, you just watched the the teaser? I think I just watched the teaser. So yeah. I'm just watching the trailer right now. I think there's some additional footage in the trailer. The, there was some stuff in the teaser, I think, that isn't in the trailer. Oh, okay. a, a little tiny bit, but I think most of it was in both. He doesn't look a thing like Harrison Ford, though. Yeah, I'm still not totally sold on that dude. On was his name? Alden Ehrenreich yeah. as young Han. But they seem to have everything surrounding him more or less on point. So it looks so fucking good, though. Like all the effects stuff that they have in there looks amazing. Also, Amelia fucking Clark. Yeah. <sighs> and like, God damn it. there's there's just so much fucking swagger in this trailer, which is what I want from a movie that's basically like you know space grifters yeah and yeah. that is <laughs> and they seem to have that tone just down wait is the falcon different it looks well different. it's new right so there's actually yeah. there's another article and this is something geeks with kids shared today there's a, a model that got or pictures of a model of like basically the new millennium falcon like before on like right off right yeah, yeah converted it or whatever yeah the okay. original like Corellian cruiser or whatever and it shows something in between the the whatever pylons on the front yeah like um, yeah the spurs or whatever that are at the front yeah so which i guess is is kind of how it's meant to work as a freighter or as a, a freight ship is like that is where it would put like large cargo is in between those forks kind of thing 
yeah, and push stuff around like that. So, oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, so that that has what looks to be like a big like cargo container or something like that in between those the two forks. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's neat that we're gonna see like the evolution of that ship too. Like as we've seen, like the only thing they did to it between the original saga and like the new movies was like got, changing the dish. Got, got, got a new satellite dish. Yeah, yeah which like. <laughs> whatever like that would have been cool if they'd actually done some like even if they just added racing stripes to it i mean <laughs> not actual racing stripes but like added some detailing to it <laughs> just put a giant game. spoiler on the back <laughs> yeah sure why not right like they did do some aging to it yeah for obviously for the the new trilogy yeah but i mean like the actual like just the body shape of it didn't really change at all whereas this is like i noticed it immediately as it was flying I'm like that's not the same shape like when you get into it the profile's different so yeah. but uh Related to that, I guess there's I've heard two stories this week that George Lucas and Harrison Ford have both consulted on this movie, which mm. makes me kind of happy because I guess oh god damn it I can't remember his name you know the actor's name was playing Han in the movie right Alden Ehrenreich yes he actually had a chance to like sit down and talk with Harrison Ford about like I hope so like Han and like how he acted through the character and that kind of stuff so that was pretty interesting and Harrison Ford was just like. I don't know. I was just there for the paycheck. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I just want to go home and fuck with the block some more. But yeah, and then there was a story uh, today about like, I guess Ron Howard was telling a story. George Lucas came by to visit the set and they were shooting a scene and he was supposed to just drop in and out kind of thing, but he ended up hanging out for five hours and like, actually giving notes on a, a scene they were shooting because he was like why doesn't why doesn't han just do this wouldn't that be easier and they're like oh yeah i, mean, <laughs> I guess we're rewriting it again i don't know yeah but, that's the sort of shit that i want george lucas to still have involvement in is obviously he's not the best writer but no. he clearly has like these characters down in his head in terms of at least the way they would behave if maybe not the way that they would talk yeah yeah mm-hmm. he like mm-hmm. and the and the world of, of, course. of course yeah i think that that's uh, as a consulting role executive producer type i think that uh, george lucas does have really good vision it's just yeah when he gets down to the nitty-gritty of like writing dialogue and stuff yeah, yeah. keep him away from the scripts but mm-hmm. yeah as a scenario planner and things like that sure why not like more of that <laughs> absolutely yeah it's pretty, I don't know. I'm I'm now looking like I was always I was hesitant about the movie before, but now that I've seen the trailer and I've heard like uh, Harrison Ford has been on deck and like so is George Lucas. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm a little cooler with it now. Mm-hmm. Plus, like Amelia Clark actually having her dark hair is always my mm-hmm. favorite thing in the world. So <laughs> I'm in. I am in. It looks like from like the story. I'm just trying to like glaze over here. I'm apologizing. I'll apologize to our listeners right now. I did the news like pickup five minutes before we started. The thing it's been a crazy week, so. <laughs> I'm just kind of skimming shit as we go along here. It looks like it was just a process thing. They didn't quite know how to handle mm-hmm. such a big set. Mm-hmm. And Kathleen was just like, I have to, we have to, we have to do this to get the fucking movie done. Cause it just wasn't uh, moving along fast enough uh, is what okay. it kind of reads like. So, mm-hmm. cause it's like, well, these are big effects. Like they're very highly structured processes, right? Like you can't just come in and like willy nilly everything. Cause there's like, this shot has to be locked down because there's banthas and mm-hmm. shit walking behind us. And like, you have to do special effects stuff. So you can't just be, everything be all willy-nilly yeah. so it kind of makes sense but still i'd be curious to see what they had originally planned like it'd be nice to like one day maybe get a script mm-hmm. or whatever kind of thing because mm-hmm. there was something this week about the script for oh it was just doctor who but like the 50th anniversary they'd actually oh, yeah. written a script to include eccleston yeah and then and they couldn't I, get eccleston for it yeah which is just like he's such a dick about that shit yeah. i wish he'd been there but <laughs> whatever 
In related, tangentially related Star Wars news, Disney is developing multiple Star Wars TV shows for its streaming platform. They Color are. yourselves shocked. <laughs> I don't actually think there's any details as to what those specific shows are yet. But I mean, you knew this was coming eventually. Yeah. Like yeah. we all, and that means I'm probably so. like I'm so in the bag for anything Disney that I'm pro- I'm definitely going to be subscribing to the service if it's available in Korea. So like, uh, they're they're bringing they're gonna there's Star Wars and they're already talking about bringing a a new Marvel show like a new MCU show to their streaming service mm-hmm. too, which. I don't know how that's going to pan out with the Netflix show still running, but I guess we'll, well see. Well, having having the name Disney attached to an MCU show just seems strange yeah. to me. Uh, yeah, having it actually on a on a Disney app, if, uh, unless they do something that's you know a little more toned down, like maybe like PG thirteen rather than like hard R kind of thing. I'm almost at a loss as to what franchise they could use to like launch on a Disney streaming service that would like I would have thought Runaways would have been my first bet like my first pick for something like that Mm. and I guess technically since it's on Hulu it will eventually be on the Disney streaming service so yeah because that I think Hulu's gonna like Hulu's owned by Fox right now or whatever like Fox Corp and they're it's part of the asset yeah uh, the assets that they're buying so Hulu I thought the plan for Hulu was to like we're changing that to the Disney streaming service. So maybe that's what it maybe is. Maybe they're going to use this as an opportunity to launch X-Men or something. Now that Netflix has did that big thing with the Cloverfield paradox and, and uh, this. Yes. The, well, this disaster. Did either of you guys, did you guys watch no, it? Not yet. No, not yet. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. I watched it that night. Cause I was just like, I was up and I didn't start work till Tuesday. So I was like, I'm going to watch this thing and see what it's like. Holy shit. That was a mess. <laughs> so like, it wasn't terrible, but it was just, it, it, there was Paul, you'll, you'll lose your mind. Like as a writer, like you'll see the fucking holes coming from. Yeah. It's I really, I really so. liked uh 10 Cloverfield lane. Oh yeah. So but good. I didn't, I didn't love the first movie that much. It was fun. It was fun. I had fun watching it at the theater, Yeah, but I've never, I don't think I've ever watched it again. I tried rewatching it. It was just different, right? Like it was, mm-hmm. it was different than what other people were doing at the time, and so it generated a lot of buzz. But it was, it was more or less a gimmick movie. Yeah. That being said, like with the Disney streaming service, they've got. I, I worry. I've probably said this before, but I worry that because Disney is always has a kind of an identity that they follow that's very family friendly. I worry that the more adult uh, comic book properties or even Star Wars might not it might not reach that mature level in any I hope I hope it does but yeah, I think we've talked about this a number of times I think we're you're inevitably going to see as they like kind of get these franchises and like those especially those things that are under their own kind of banner like Marvel or Star Wars like being under Lucasfilm still kind of mm. I think you'll see them take chances with some of those things like we're going to get an R-rated Star Wars movie probably in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to happen eventually. The same way we're, we'll eventually get, like, there, we're going to get, we're getting Deadpool 2, and you know Deadpool 3 is going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to be R-rated, and that's going to be under the Disney banner. So I don't think, and like, we've said this on the podcast a number of times, Tim and I both watch Punisher. That is as R-fucking-rated as it gets, mm-hmm. right? So Which I don't think, brutal. oh, it's the violence on that show is astronomical. So yeah. I don't have any doubt that Disney at the end of the day is just want to make money. And if they're going to make some money on a couple R rated, like recasting Wolverine and doing another R rated movie and like having Ryan Reynolds keeping Deadpool for the next decade and Mm -hmm. whatever else they want to do to get people in the fucking 
in the movie theaters at this point, they're just going to keep doing it. So yeah. 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 It'll just be interesting to see what kind of content they release specifically for the service. If they try and do more, like they'll probably end up having, you know, whatever Marvel and star Wars stuff will end up on the service. It's just, I'm interested to see like if they'll put out anything sort of more mature specifically Mm. made for the service. Yeah. Like this, this report, like I said, has virtually no details. For all we know, it's yeah. like six more fucking animated series in the style of like Rebels and Clone Wars kind yeah. of thing. It oh, doesn't yeah, say you know, that there's anything about it even being live action. I thought I saw live action, but maybe that was something else. Oh, no, sorry. That was that Sword in the Stone thing they're making. Apparently, they're yes, doing a remake of Sword, Sword in the Stone, Stone that's going to be live action. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm not good at this. So <laughs> it's good that I am, you know, hosting and still doing two podcasts now. But there was a, a specifically live action uh, Star Wars announcement as well. Yes, and that was my next thing. So <laughs> the and we posted this on our Facebook page this week, or Tim did, I think. Tim is kind of managing <laughs> social media these days. So <laughs> the creators of Game of Thrones, not the creator, but the creators of the TV show Game of the, Thrones, the showrunners the of, show the of the show, Game of yeah. Thrones, David Benioff and DB Weiss. Yes. So those two guys are going to be making. It sounds like a series of Star Wars movies. So I'm assuming they're getting a trilogy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. no details have come about that but my pitch this is my fan pitch let them redo the prequels remake the prequels with those guys uh i doubt they'll yeah. do that. oh i totally do too but like i would pay good <laughs> money to see a game of thrones style political intrigue as anakin falls i think it would be way more interesting than the the story they tried to tell in the original story like in the original I, prequel trilogy. Yeah. i want to see and and this is the, what i've seen as the most popular uh, idea bandied around so far is for them to do like a kotor knights of the old oh, republic yes. set uh yeah, series that would be fucking oh, sweet yeah for sure that would be amazing yeah like like an early early republic uh you know early jedis kind of thing yeah if, yeah if, i could see that that would be cool yeah if they took over knights i love the first knights of the old republic rpg that came out for xbox because I, I played it later on steam and yeah. like some of the mechanics are definitely dated but the story is great so more yeah. more of that please yeah that's one of those games too that like whenever people are like oh what dormant franchise do you wish would come back and people are like kotor and it's like well star wars games are still happening like yeah but not kotor yeah. you know what i mean like it's not the same <laughs> thing because that was even a game i spent like 20 hours with before i got bored like and i hate rpgs but i was like this is fun. Like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a giant epic cast shot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, this week. <laughs> I don't know if either of you guys saw the YouTube video of the or any of the like even the picture of that kind of thing. I, saw, I did see the picture. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, where did I see it? I think it was either Bleeding Cooler or the Mary Sue posted posted it with the headline. Um, Marvel celebrates 10 years of movies without a female lead. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> accurate but they did have uh although brie larson was in yeah, there brie larson's in there i do love that they <laughs> still like even now with all the people that are in these things it's still like in the middle of the picture is still robert downey jr like he's just the fucking <laughs> spine of that universe it's just the glue and makes me yeah smile so hard to think that <laughs> whatever it's just really cool but it's crazy to see like this fucking cast is nuts could you imagine right now being like a Hollywood actor and not being in one of these movies, you'd just be like, <laughs> I'd fire my fucking agent. If that, if I was out there and I was like, I hadn't made it into one of these movies, like fuck this, you're fired. Somebody should be able to get me into one of these fucking movies. Everybody's in one of these fucking movies now. So yeah. Yeah. Just give me a bit part. Yeah, exactly. Like, put yeah. me in the groups. 
Yeah, just let me get. Can I get punched in the face by Iron Man? That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make make me a Chitari or a fucking Frost yeah, Giant or something. something. Just let me get punched <laughs> in the face by a superhero. <laughs> call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. We'll stay Disney Disney Marvel for now. Did you guys see? So we got a Jessica Jones trailer this week, which we posted yes. on the Facebook page, and it looks awesome. And they are teasing Purple Man coming back, which we knew was happening, but it's still... Yeah, they're te- teasing something that we already yeah, knew exactly. is not really, yeah, not really teasing it. But the, the trailer itself, actually, I was totally engaged. Like, I'm really excited for this show to come back. Like, it felt exactly like it should, so... Yeah, it's... I still haven't watched Punisher yet. It's on my shame pile. Uh, like, as soon as Jessica Jones drops, I'm going to be watching it, like, all the way through, no problem, because... I still think it's my, it might not be the best of the Netflix shows, but it's definitely my favorite of the Netflix Marvel shows. So see, my opinion is flipped, right? I think it's might actually be the best, like, especially that first season may be the best yeah. written of the bunch of them. But like, I just, I love Daredevil so goddamn much that Daredevil is my boy. So yeah. It's th- strong arguments could be made for either Absolutely, yeah. uh, Jessica Jones or season one of Daredevil being the best. You know, one there's so one far. prick out there who's like, Iron Fist was actually really good. And you're just like, no, dude, no, yeah, no, no, dude, no. <laughs> sorry no. about it. Sorry, yeah. but yeah. you should, um, you should totally watch Punisher. It was actually like Tim and I both really enjoyed it. Like it was a lot of fun. Like I, mm-hmm. and it, like the violence was like, it was fun to watch just for that. Like it was shockingly violent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've, there's a Korean holiday coming up, so I'm probably gonna watch it then when I choose to like cloister myself for a day or something yeah. like that. So yeah, but Jessica Jones, I'm like 100% in for the the trailer looked amazing. And Kristen Ritter is just so goddamn good. Yeah, <laughs> I just I like, every, her yeah. line delivery is just my favorite thing. She's just so over everything. It's so good. She may yeah. be slowly becoming my like number one like celebrity crush. Yeah. As the, the the more they do this Jessica Jones thing too, the more I'm just like I really like her quite a bit. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her her yeah, I agree. Her deliveries are amazing and. I I was sort of concerned about where they were going to go with the story. Like, were they, especially knowing that they were going to bring back mm-hmm. Kilgrave, like, is this going to be more of the same? But it looks, this new trailer, that they're going to do a lot more sort of world building around her, which I think yeah. is cool. Yeah, and like, if they're, especially since they're saying they're not going to tie them back together into the Defenders again, so you may not see that big crossover happen again, it's good that they're going to kind of build her universe out a little bit so that she has stories to go into that don't require her to, like, go hang out with Luke Cage or whatever, like that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. Cause she had the most compelling, like actually, no, that's, I'm not going to say that because Daredevil had the, a better supporting cast, but her supporting cast was arguably just as good as Daredevil's was. Yeah. That's one of those things that those shows yeah. have always done is like, even if the show itself is kind of mediocre for the most part, the supporting cast have tended to be like pretty fucking spot on. Like, yeah, you can say what you want about yeah. Luke Cage. And I mean, there's there's some people in Iron Fist that aren't as strong, but like there's a couple of them that are pretty good. So, yeah, I still I still mm-hmm. want a full on comedy Heroes. action. Pa- uh, for Pat- hire. Uh, Pat- no, Patsy Walker, Hellcat, Catherine. Oh, Eminem yes. style. Yeah. I know that oh, they, yeah. with Hellcat, they're going in a more, much more serious direction because it's, she's in the Jessica Jones universe. But if they could find a way to like do like a campy the daughters of the dragon patsy walker jessica jones crossover thing i would be so oh, into be that charlie's angel style or something <laughs> uh the, so the last rumor i saw about uh iron fist and luke cage is like next seasons what they're gonna be like you you'll be splitting your time between the daughters of the dragon and the main character 
kind of, at least for Iron Fist, I think was kind of like what the direction they were talking about going in. And I'm like, sold. Just yeah. give me Daughters of the Dragon and yeah. Heroes and they, for Higher Shit. I just want Heroes for Higher Shit, really. Yeah. Well, I want I want both because, again, like the the supporting cast in Iron Fist, even though they were weaker than other shows, was still way better than the main character. So, yes. you know, yeah. like. I'm really hoping he like grows into it a little bit more. Like I liked him a little bit better in defenders than I did in his show. I'm hoping, but now that they've like replaced the showrunner and this, that, and the other thing, when they get to iron fist season two, I hope I'll be like, Oh, this feels like my Danny Rand as opposed to like the weird kind of hippie ish, vaguely lost looking guy that he was throughout that whole like Mm -hmm. series. So yeah, I'm still hoping that they, uh, that they sort of, either on purpose or inadvertently been playing a long game with him where they're just doing, you know, a lot of character development to get, you know, starting him out as kind of a shitty, useless character and bringing him to something uh, a lot better developed. It'd be sweet to see him become like actually become the proper Iron Fist at some point in the run of the show, if it it can last Mm -hmm. that long, because he hasn't quite hit the point where like, I feel like he should be. And if they're going to start doing like the stories that I like from Iron Fist, like those Brubacher and Fraction stories, Mm -hmm. then I hope he, they develop the character pretty quick to get into those because it would be really cool to see like the tournament and stuff oh, like that. That right? tournament arc is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Jessica Jones, 100% in the bag. Absolutely. Speaking of Netflix, Stranger Things season three number of episodes has been revealed. It looks like we are getting upcoming season will consist of eight episodes while last season was nine. So it's going back to the first yeah. season's length. So yeah. no, nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the. Yeah, the last season did drag in a couple places. Wow. In so one episode okay that hopefully they're them. cutting out specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep your storytelling tight. This is actually one of the reasons I had a problem with the end of Jessica Jones is that the the, yeah, the last the last couple it's episodes. It's a Netflix thing. Yeah. It's like you don't the joy of this format is that you don't have to subscribe to like classic episode lengths like uh, for a series mm-hmm. so why force yourself into a 13 episode box when you have an eight episode story or vice versa yeah. like yeah yeah that's one thing i've really been enjoying lately with black mirror is that the episodes are just mm-hmm. as long as they yeah. need to be you know they're always like at least like 40 minutes but there are some that are like 60 minutes but you know that they don't have to pad things out if they do need to run a little long, you know, and put in one or two more scenes, they can kind of thing. And I'm, that's one uh, reason I'm really happy with our sort of current trends of content dissemination. That's going to like, it's there. I feel like a lot of people are still kind of stuck in the old studio, like mindset of like, Oh, it's either a movie or a a, a TV show. It has to be this long for commercials, but you're starting to see it go away as as usual, the UK is bucking well, the trends been and pretty good for that kind of thing. Cause there's doctor who episodes that go like yeah. way longer than like a, a standard TV show yeah. would. So they've always been pretty good about that. It's more the American side of stuff where it's like, guys, we don't have to worry about commercials anymore. We are paying you for this content already. Right. So like mm-hmm. just do it the way you should and do it right and give it to us. I don't care how long it is yeah. as long as it's good. But then we got to sell it to cable and they got to be able to syndicate it. Cable cable's going to head in the next like 10 years. So whatever. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, there's still trailers to talk about. Did you guys watch the Venom trailer with no Venom? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, Out of all the trailers, that was yeah, the least exciting one. It basically looks like Tom Hardy is just having a really hard time pooping yeah yeah i took that too and the worst part is i really (laughs) like tom hardy so i am kind of like there's part of me that wants to see this movie because i just like tom hardy so much 
But at the same time, I'm like, do we need this movie? No, 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 yeah. no, we don't. Will I go see yeah, it? That's, yes, yeah. absolutely. I will be there <laughs> opening day, just like I am for all of this shit. But do I need it? Yeah, I just don't know. Like in terms of like the superheroes that you could have chosen, like Venom doesn't fill a niche for me that I really want or care about. Like because he's such a product of like the the 90s grimdark that's what i think of when i think of venom like spawn that kind of carnage all that shit like and i don't really image, image in general, general. Yeah. and that's yeah. well there's those four guys especially, like especially mcfarlane and liefeld before they left like they were really into this mm-hmm. like make it as cool as possible with pouches and big guns and like and huge and, muscles and like and venom's venom for some reason we're gonna add a tongue to him because it's gross <laughs> like the original design didn't have that. Why does he have a tongue? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm going to see it. I'm still curious to see what it looks like just because, but I'm like, it's still up in the air, whether it's actually attached to the MCU or not. Like nobody's, nobody knows what's going on with this shit. So it feels like sort of interpretive, like more like it's going to be, you know, like a psychological struggle or something like that. Then it's actually like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just, crazy in the end but thinks he's got a fucking parasite or symbiote or Except something they like showed, that they showed the symbiote in the they did show the symbiote but that doesn't mean that he actually ever bonds with it That's maybe true. he just right. sees it and like thinks and and then he starts going crazy and thinking that he's been bonded with it or whatever i don't fucking know i don't know i still like the 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 thought of a tom hardy venom in the mcu thrills me you know what i mean like controlled mm-hmm. by kevin feige obviously not this sony fucking bullshit that they're doing but like yeah the thought of tom hardy in the mcu period fucking makes me happy because he's amazing and should be everywhere so what actually what he should be doing is making the next fucking mad max movie so i could have another one of those because <laughs> god damn it it's been too long already yeah <laughs> well that one i think we're waiting on more of the director than we are in tom yeah, hardy yeah, for sure uh, tom hardy uh, tom hardy will do whatever anybody tells him to do as long as they pay him and he can be badass <laughs> the last trailer i have like on my list was Deadpool 2. Mm. Did you guys watch that Deadpool 2 trailer? Please tell Pre- me you watched. The premium premium cable provider. Yes. 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 I haven't I'm I, I think it might have been Tim who said this where it's like if you're in the bag for something, then you don't really need to watch the trailer. And I'm in the bag for Deadpool yeah, 2, yeah. like really hard. Yeah, but then but then we do a podcast where we talk about nerdy yeah. things that we don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> the nerdy things to talk about are the trailers that nobody but me has watched. So yeah. I just ramble about them for two yeah. minutes. And then everybody's like, oh, that sounds cool. It's like, all right, good. Moving along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just think it was cool. I thought Josh Brolin looks pretty good. He's a little short for my taste. But like the jokes in just in the trailer where like they show him with the fucking green arm, like the pre effects green arm, and he freaks out and like, takes action figures to act out the scene and shit. I was like, this is hysterically good. So I don't even know what the, I don't even care what the movie's about. Just give me the fucking movie. Like, I just want to watch it like now. And then I want to get baked and watch it like three more times. Cause it's going to be fucking yeah. hysterical. So yeah, the Ryan Reynolds bits in it. I was great with the rest of it. I was honestly kind of met on, but the Ryan Reynolds is what yeah. I'm coming in for. Yep. So it's there. So I'm going to watch it. I'm still not totally sold on Brolin as cable. I don't know why they keep throwing that fucking asshole comic book rolls after Jonah Hex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Um, we don't talk about Jonah but, Hex. Uh, I mean, he doesn't, yeah, he, just, he doesn't look like as ripped as, as I, and, and just sort of as, he doesn't have the presence yeah. for cable to me that that and like 
honestly, like the characters that are in the background in that trailer are like fucking third rate characters <sighs> that even I don't know. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's some Alpha Flight shit. Well, right? So like what the, I, apparently this movie is pretty much just like a backdoor prequel for an X-Force movie, which I'm like, that's not really cool. But I guess the X-Force movie is just going to have Deadpool in it anyway. So I guess X-Force, if they're smart, just becomes Deadpool 3. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, why? Why fuck with a good thing? I don't understand. I, I, whatever. It's Fox, right? Like, what are you going to do? This is not going to be a problem for much longer, yeah. hopefully. So, <laughs> yeah. So by the time they get to that, they get to do X Force or the third Deadpool movie. It'll be Feige will be in charge and he'll do it right. So whatever. Until then, I'm super stoked for Deadpool mm-hmm. too. Same. Yeah. Well, neither of you guys play much games, but did you see? I know Tim might be quasi interested in this. Did you see that the Ninja Turtles are getting added to Injustice Two this week or? Sometimes I did. I saw uh, I saw a couple like little screenshots of it. They look pretty fucking badass. Are they bringing in any Ninja Turtle villains or just just, the turtles? It's just the turtles themselves, from what I understand so far. Yeah, but it's actually kind of a cool system because like they're not actually you're not they're they're including all four turtles, but like while you're playing as them, the special moves all have like coordinated attacks, so they work as a team all the time. It's it's I've watched the trailer like their announced trailer for them, and I was like, this looks pretty cool. And I'd already bought Injustice too because like. I get to beat mm-hmm. up things as yeah. Batman. Sign me up. So I bought that the day it came out. <laughs> so when these guys pop up, I'll definitely be buying that DLC mm-hmm. and giving it a spin because it would be fun to beat the shit out of Superman with Raphael because I've already beat the shit out of him as yeah. Batman a hundred times. So uh, that, that sounds good. I was watching. I actually watched some Injustice 2 for on Twitch for the Evo tournament, and it, it oh. looks like a fun game. I think I might uh, pick it up at some point, but I've got so many things on my my play, my, especially my video yeah, but it's a fighting game. That's one of those things you pop into for like a half yeah. an hour at a time, right? Like, yeah, when you don't have time to, yeah. you know, really get yeah, into but something, I, you just play a few rounds. Exactly. On. That's what I like. That's how I, I play. Like, I've been playing Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition. Like, I'm actually mm-hmm. getting into it now because there's an arcade mode, and I can just be like, oh, it'll take me ten minutes to blow through the arcade mode and beat the shit out of Bison again. So. I'll just pick a random character and figure out their moveset and see what happens. Yeah. There you go. But the next mm-hmm. priority for me for fighting games is Dragon Ball Z Fighters because it looks so I've heard that's good. good. Yeah. And uh, I, I've been seeing uh, footage and reviews for it. So that's what that's my next PS4 download. I guess yeah. it's not coming up for Switch yet. I'm looking forward to they're doing that uh, 30th anniversary Street Fighter thing. So all the 2D games will be on one disc for PS4, Xbox One and Switch, I think. Mm-hmm. But they are adding, there's net play code for the highest editions of all of them. So I think like Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Street Fighter Alpha 3, uh, Street Fighter 3, and one of the, another one of them, they all, they've added net play for them. So yeah. I'm kind of excited to get in there and get back in specifically Street Fighter 3 because I have a Dark Horse fondness for that iteration of the yeah. game. So. For me, it's Alpha 3. I love Alpha 3. Yeah, but, Alpha 3 is fun. Yeah. 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 I always found those a little floatier. So I, that's why I like 3. 3 is pretty grounded mm-hmm. and tech-based. So. Yeah. But anyway, I have two quick little DC things. So apparently, <sighs> oh, are you already groaning? That's good. I like it when Tim groans before <laughs> I even start talking about the news stories. <laughs> two rumors are floating around right now. Apparently, Joaquin Phoenix has been approached to play the Joker in that prequel. Martin Scorsese, the solo Joker. Yeah, Martin Scorsese solo Joker yeah, movie. Which uh, I don't want that movie, but whatever. So. I don't like mobster movies. We'll see if it actually. Pays I just up. don't. I, I don't like the genre. I've I've seen The Godfather. I've seen Scarface. Um, the Sopranos didn't do much for me, and this like blasphemer t- taking and I and the <laughs> Joker as a character. I think that they should let leave him alone for a while. Stop. 
I don't, I don't, uh, I never, as a writer, I've never thought of the Joker as a character. I've just thought of him as a plot device. You know what I mean? Like he's not really a character. Like what is his motivation? He's crazy. Like it, it's, I don't know. It's I don't weird. Know, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like him in that he's the chaos to Batman's yeah, order, right? True. And and there there are the thing is is that because he's fucking insane, you can basically play him on whatever motivation you want. You can that's play true. him as a diabolical genius and you know, you don't have to feel bad about switching his characterization up because he's fucking insane. Yeah. Any day of the week he could have a completely different motivation than the one he had yeah. yesterday. So that being said, I feel about for this movie as I do for the Venom movie. I don't know why it exists. I am. I have morbid curiosity about it. Yeah, that's about where I am with it. Too. Yeah, you know, and this being from the biggest DC fan of our crew. That being said, Joaquin Phoenix is an immensely fucking yeah. talented actor. Yeah, so. there is that. Absolutely, that was my first thought when I saw it. I was like, "Ooh, he's really good." So that could be really interesting. But I'd rather he just get folded into the DCEU proper. Yeah. And replace fucking what's his name uh, sucks. Leo. So yeah, <laughs> like I don't need I'm that shit. I'm still interested in seeing where they go with the Lido Joker. I still can't. Um, they're still they're making Suicide Squad two for some reason. Like why? Who cares? Because fucking Suicide Squad one made a shit yeah, ton of money. That's true. It did make a ton of money, <laughs> and I'm part of the problem. I went and saw it. So, so did I. <laughs> yeah, Much to exactly. my chagrin. All right, <laughs> two more things, and then we can move along here. Warner Brothers wants Michael Bay to make a Lobo movie. Oh, I want a Lobo movie, but I don't want Michael Bay involved with DC in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, after he fist-fucked the fucking Transformers for, like, the better part of two decades, I'd rather he not be involved in any other franchise that yeah. I like, but... Let's be fair. If there is any character that Mike uh, in DC that Michael Bay mm. could probably do well, yes. or could... No, I won't say probably could do well, but has the highest chance of getting right, it's yeah. Lobo. Yeah. I, oh, I, I totally agree. Because when I read the headline, I'm like, oh, I don't want that. But then I was like... Well, I guess if they're going to get Michael Bay to do a DC movie, it's better that it's Lobo because A, who cares? And (laughs) B, he's just going to blow a bunch of shit up. That could be mildly entertaining in the same brain dead way that watching the most recent Transformers movie was. Oh, okay. Maybe not the most recent one. The one before that. The most recent one was like, I don't know. I've seen, I've had cysts on my asshole that were more. So like I I, one of the problems I have with Michael Bay and uh, it's it's that there's so much going on in his fucking movies that I get bored with the explosions and like I don't want Lobo yeah. to be boring action. The it's just like yeah. there's no focus in his in his movies at all. So it's just kind of like I don't I don't really care what's happening. I don't care. Like things are blowing up. I don't yeah. care. And he's gotten really bad lately too. Did so you- <laughs> like his his stuff has gotten worse over the course of the time. Whereas like. Back in the day, it's like I can watch The Rock and it's still like yeah. at least like watchable. Whereas like as you go through the Transformers, yeah. you're like, holy shit, he just has no clue what the fuck to do anymore. Was he has no he has no restraint on the technology, yeah, right? Exactly. Like in, on yeah. back on the in the Rock days, or Con Air was yeah. Michael Bay too, right? Uh, no, that's Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh, okay. But anyways, on on stuff like The Rock in that era, like he was reined in by what he could achieve yeah. in terms of effects, but now he can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah. with CGI, and now he just has no fucking restraint whatsoever. Yeah. Lobo That's movie. What? Yeah. Why? I know. <laughs> Another why. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically. Did you, oh, I know what I was going to say. Did you guys see the uh, the Family Guy episode, uh, Three Directors, where they no. did the same story <laughs> as told by three directors? No. Uh, it, was, it was like within the last couple of seasons, and they did 
a it was basically Peter gets fired and they did a take on it that was like a Quentin Tarantino take, a Wes Anderson take, and the last one was a Michael Bay take. Oh. Uh and it, it was like it was ninety percent Transformers and the big like climactic scene was like Peter at the start saying, like, All right, let's have a great big scene where there's way too many cuts and nobody can tell what's actually going on. And that was basically what they did for like four minutes straight was just action cuts. (laughs) There's there's like, I don't like those. I don't, I've never liked family guy, but there is occasions where Seth MacFarlane is pretty fucking funny. Like when he's ragging on somebody, he usually takes a really good clean shot at them. So yeah, um, I got I got a couple seasons behind on it, and I just lately have been catching up on it. Like it's been the shit I've been like putting on while I'm washing dishes and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm not paying like real strict attention to it. And it's it's gone downhill, but they definitely once in a while do still like have a you know every episode's got a few like really good zingers or cutaways. And there's once in a you know a couple two or three episodes a season are just really standout. So yeah. they're still doing some good stuff, and I can understand why they're still making it. I just the shows just never hit me. It always felt kind of like like a, a, a schlockier Simpsons, and like I was a big fan of the Simpsons early on, especially. And then I feel like if it's they're an edgier do, Simpsons for that's sure. What I mean, like it's it's edgier. But then if, if I want edgy animated, I go to South Park or Robot Chicken. Like I get that I get, Archer or something or Archer. Yeah, Archer. Yeah. Like when that when the fuck's that coming back? It should be soon, right? Like <laughs> it's usually January, but I haven't heard anything. Fuck, I want no. More. It's gonna be a while. Yeah, I know. I before we get that last season. Yeah, it's too bad. I could really go for some more Archer right now. <laughs> uh, let's finish up the news. I got one more story. Black Panther has premiered on Rotten Tomato at 100%. Nope, it's at 99. Is it? Has it come down? I'm looking at an some, old story. Yeah, just within the last day or so, some asshole, probably some alt-right dickhead, has given it a overall negative review so it was sitting at 100 uh-huh. uh, fuck them still <laughs> like so goddamn hard for this movie need it to happen right the fuck now i so. i just bought my yeah. ticket for it for next week yeah. so i'm i'm already in the bag i can't wait for this movie right. yeah i don't have my tickets yet and even the saturday tickets now uh the theaters are like more than half sold like you know only mm-hmm. the only seats that are left are the shitty front seats kind of oh, thing okay. yeah yeah um, i'm i'm, uh, I'm thankfully blessed with a uh, theater dense area so i should be okay i haven't actually looked for tickets yet but i'm like just fucking rock hard for this movie i'm and so excited 98 percent two rotten reviews 88 fresh reviews mm-hmm. i've all i've heard is good shit about this movie like everybody's okay. just saying it's like the best one they've done so far and i'm just like how is that even possible like they've done so many good movies that i'm just like well i feel like it's gonna have more like a much wider appeal than any of yeah. the other ones have yeah yeah for obvious racial reasons and just because it is dealing with sort of more like subject matter that uh, crosses outside of a common superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw something uh, today while I was like, just kind of casually flipping through Reddit or something. And it was like the projections for it have gone up again and it was already projecting for $130 million opening weekend. So like Mm -hmm. this could crack $200 million on this opening weekend. Like, yeah. Uh, the so thing is, I don't get for a yeah. the first black superhero, like the first black lead superhero movie, right? Like that's crazy. Blade, yeah. Blade it looks happened. just so fucking good. Well, <laughs> and you know what? I was actually I was thinking about that the other day because I actually watched the Blade movies. That was going to be my geek of the week this week. I just randomly put them on, and I was like, nobody's, everybody seems to have forgotten about Blade. And then <laughs> I just did myself. So I guess I'm part of the problem. But I love those Blade movies. I'd still take Wesley Snipes back, honestly, at this point, and let him play Blade again. Mm-hmm. He's gone fucking off the deep end now. He would love it because he's in shit tons of tax debt. Uh, yeah, so exactly. But yeah, my my only concern with Black Panther is I'm not sure what kind of international legs it's going to have. Mm. 
uh, particularly in like Asian markets where there's still a lot of racism against black yeah. people? Well, being in an Asian market myself, I've like, I have Korean friends who are super excited for the movie just because it's a Marvel movie and they've been advertising yeah, it yeah. a lot. That being said, though, they do play down the blackness of the character in the advertising. I would say, like they, they always have him in costume. Yeah. yeah, they don't have a lot of it, like in in his villages and in Wakanda and stuff. Yeah, like but that. Um, I've seen like the Korean uh, movie theaters are already selling tickets, and it's from what I understand doing pretty well here. So, but that like Korea has such a huge hard on for the Marvel universe, like. Yeah, I think it's China where I'd be most yeah. concerned. I mean, I know I know yeah. that generally the Marvel movies do very well in China, but I don't know how well a black centric Marvel movie is going to do in Chinese I th- markets. I think that the the hype will let it ride. I I don't know. It's like I don't. Uh, we didn't think. I didn't honestly didn't think that there was going to be this much of a response in North America for Black Panther. I thought it was going to do like Ant Man levels of good. But the more I see of the the previews and how I'm get, I'm super hyped for it. So who knows? That being said, like it's just got so much going for it. That cast, that soundtrack with like Kendrick Lamar doing like most of mm-hmm. it. I listened to it today. It's really yeah. fucking good. And, so. And I'm like, I'm not, we all know how I'm not hip hop a guy yeah. I am, but like, I was, I really enjoyed yeah. that record. So. And the director, I don't know if you guys ever saw Fruitvale Station. Ryan Coogler is the was the director of that. It's a really good movie. I, I'm um, really excited. He was the director of Creed, which was mm. excellent. Yeah. So that's what I, that's where I knew him from. Creed was fucking amazing. So yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty excited for that. All right. All right, boys, we uh, ready to move on. We did an hour of news. Let's quickly do. Uh, do you guys, guys have still have shit? I didn't catch everything. Yeah. God damn. Uh, <laughs> well, this one's for you, Mark, because I've got. Uh, I found out that Metroid, Metroid Prime 4 is being developed by Bandai Namco. Kind of worries me because they're not really known for first person shooters. And I think that Nintendo doesn't really know what to do with this franchise. They just they were the ones who released Dragon Ball Fighters, and it looks really good. So I'm. I'm hopeful. I really want them to be good. Well, I would assume that like with Nintendo overseeing it, it'll it's not going to come out shit. You know what I mean? Like this is almost the same story that happened with Prime though, right? Like they just handed one of their like, because the Metroid franchise is not particularly beloved in Van specifically. Like they yeah. don't really care about it. It doesn't sell well over there. It sells really well over here. Mm-hmm. But that's why Nintendo's like they skip generations with the games and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, but like when Prime came out, like you remember when Prime was announced, they they handed it to Retro, who's a a Texas studio, right? And yeah. everybody freaked out. And Metroid Prime may still be one of the greatest games that's ever been made. So, but they also handed it over to Team Ninja for Other M, and that was a disaster. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I'm of two minds about it. Like it's a risk. It's yeah. So I just hope that they just keep the format of the first three prime things and don't oversimplify the gameplay too much. And that's why I have hope for it, because it is it does have the prime label on it, whereas like other M was obviously them trying to do something different and they failed and they have failed consistently with um, Metroid games that don't fall into the Metroid like trope set kind of thing. Yeah. And they just released a really good like I've. I finally, oh, that's what I can talk about. We can get into Geek of the Week, but like I'm playing the new that Samus Returns um, Metroid mm-hmm. remake, the one on that's on the DS, and I'm like, they did it right. So I'm hoping if they if it's like that and just like 3D and on the Switch, then sign me up. Yeah, so. absolutely. Tim, did you have did you have more shit? Is that- <laughs> 
Yes. All right. This this one is also for Mark. There, we finally do nice have. This week, guys. Yeah, we do finally have a uh, showrunner for season two of American Gods. Oh, do we? Yeah, like it's uh, Jesse Alexander who has worked previously with Brian Fuller on Hannibal and on Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Well, as long as he knows, well, he probably has a handle on what Fuller wanted to do. So hopefully that will mean that the the vision will stay at least mostly consistent going forward. Like, yeah. He'll have the broad strokes of what Fuller was going for and be able to kind of fulfill that. Yeah. Hopefully he's able to stick the landing because that's big shoes to fill, man. Yeah. 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 So we'll see where that goes. It's not a guy that, you know, brings a lot of bells in terms of names. But uh, the other one, this is a, it, it is a nerdy show, but it's a not a nerdy show we've ever talked about on the podcast. But it's it's uh, finishing Once Upon a Time is like uh, in its last last season i've never watched it even though i am like a big disney guy it's always kind of been on my radar but don't it's i watched the first two seasons of it it is the most baffling terrible soap opera garbage that i have seen on tv it's yeah, really not well done the feeling I, ever, I always got for it is that the one where they were trying to get the Fables license and then they just backed out and just created their own thing? Or was that grim? That's, it I, feels like it. <laughs> it's bo- it, they're both like the same idea. Okay. Like it's the, the fairy tale characters in the okay, real, real world. world. And then they start getting into like dimension hopping and every fairy tale world is its own thing. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's so bad. The only... It just sounds like Kingdom Hearts. Shouldn't you be into uh, that? That's that's <laughs> what I thought too. And then it was terrible. So there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I could. Which they, there's uh, there was a there was a tweet thing going around uh, this week about them announcing Kingdom Hearts uh, at I guess there's a Japanese D23 happening this uh, week. Oh, is there? I didn't know that. I want that. I I need more news on Kingdom Hearts three so badly. I think you're gonna get it this weekend. I think it's. I was just listening to uh, the kind of funny guys like the Games Daily show that they do on my way home because I had a 90 minute drive home, <laughs> and so I got through a couple podcasts on yeah. my drive. But they were talking about uh, Kingdom Hearts three and like. They seem to feel like the announcement for release date and stuff is pretty oh. imminent. And these guys are like, die hard. They're like, I should send you the the one episode they did about, they did a two hour long games cast about the history and like the craziness that is Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Which I was like, I listened to it and was just like, I have no interest in this whatsoever. But it is a fascinating story to hear, especially the initial the genesis of it being like that Final Fantasy Disney crossover is just kind of, it's an interesting thing to hear, you know, yeah. I mean? like the way that kind of fell together. Yeah, th- this, that game series shouldn't work, but I like it. There's a reason that it exploded so much and has all these midquels and prequels. And it's a really, really fun game to play. Like it's an action RPG. Um, and it's so it, it's not as Final Fantasy as people think it is. Yeah. And it's goddamn fun to play. Just it's a blast. So I'm really yeah, I, I'm seeing this. It's it's been officially teased that this Yeah. But who knows what that means. Yeah. Yeah, I just everybody's speculating because that D twenty three thing's happening this month that that's kind of where that would be announced because that's a big franchise in Japan. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. It makes sense that they would announce that there. Cool. Mark, you missed the tr- the Super Bowl trailer that I was most excited about, the Westworld Season 2 trailer, which looked fucking oh, yes. bonkers. Sorry. I did miss that. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I I think I was baked when I watched it, so I don't actually have much to say, but I'm excited for that show to come back. I'm really, I'm really leery about what they're going to do for Season 2 because... They didn't leave themselves a lot of fucking room. Well, so. they they tease stuff. In the, apparently, in that trailer, there was a well hidden link 
for a website website called uh, Delos Destinations, which is basically like the company that owns Westworld, mm-hmm. and it teases like five other worlds. So nice. you know, presumably we're going to start seeing some of those other worlds as well. But yeah, there's a uh, medieval world, a Roman world, like a like a shogunny kind of world. So. Mm-hmm. So they're expanding outside of just Westworld, like they said. They didn't they say they weren't going to do that. I don't remember at this point. It's been so long. Yeah, but we also got a, a, a date for it to come back. It's coming back in like mid-April. I think it's like April 18th or something like, like that. Like this so, year? Yeah, I told you. That's why I said on our 2018 episode that I was pumped because it was going to be coming back this year because it it came out in 2016. Yeah, that's true. Like the first season was. I thought it would have been later. Yeah. So like I just thought well, even later in the year than yeah. I didn't think it would be that early in the year. That's crazy. That's awesome. We get Jessica Jones and that within a month of each other almost. That's like that's a lot of good TV to binge yeah. through at some well, point. HBO has to make sure they have stuff in between Game of Thrones seasons. So what? Yeah, well, they don't have a lot right now either. So if it's they've got Westworld and Game of Thrones, and that's all I can really think of right now. So well, the uh, the Rock show is still on and still does pretty good, like does really good um, ratings for some reason, even fucking terrible. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> well. Whatever it's it's our it's fine it's entourage with football players and the rock so mm. it's really just not it's not I'm not the target audience except for the fact that I am in love with Dwayne Johnson so <laughs> and one final piece of news which just seemed right up Dance Robot Dance's alley uh, it's unfortunate that Chris Christie isn't on this week but somebody made a Shape of Water dildo <laughs> oh I saw that I did see that yeah. that's amazing we need to buy we need to buy five of those. And it's- <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> the this guy or this company xenocat artifacts which makes mon- basically monster dildos and they made a a dildo in the presumable shape of the shape of the you know sea monster in shape of water bookmark it i'm getting it for her birthday <laughs> all right i'm so I'm getting that for her birthday <laughs> and the best part is she won't listen to this episode to find out that i'm gonna do it so. <laughs> So don't spoil my surprise, fuckers. <laughs> then sign it. The well, just, yeah. I'll just sign it from you and I. S- sign sign it. The underwear fair. Underwear. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. Oh boy. <laughs> You're gonna get a creepy, creepy, creepy birthday present. Yeah, and then sneak into the house and take it after a couple <laughs> months. <laughs> And leave a note oh, that says like, "Thank you. You've had, yeah, yeah, you've had enough. You fulfilled all my dreams. <laughs> oh, this is awful. <laughs> this is grim. Oh wow. Uh, all right, all right, boys. It's geek of the week time. Geek of the week. Oh man. Geek. <laughs> that's it that's it that's, that's all you're getting that's, that's all you get that's all we get all right is that not enough for you no i always like more of geek of the week tags you know me yeah yeah you're a big fan yeah big fan uh all right let's uh let's start in korea paul what was the geekiest thing you did this week so based on a lot of good recommendations i downloaded a game off steam called doki doki literature club it is a visual novel uh that is is kind of like one of those dating sims but it takes a really fucking big twist about halfway through that shocked freaked me out it was it is so good and i highly highly recommend it i played through it in one night is it only on steam yeah it's only on steam and it's free it's free to play 
yeah. oh, okay. Uh, it's it okay. is a s- sensationally put together game. It's really good storytelling. Um, it starts off like uh, your typical slice of life dating sim, where you're a male protagonist, and they you, you've got girls to choose from to like in this literature club that your best friend makes you join because in Japan they they do clubs like hard. So and then about halfway through, it starts to get. You'll see that in the game description on Steam, it says psychological horror. And goddamn, it's really, I don't want to spoil anything because it's so well done. But it is, that was my Geek of the Week because I actually, like, I played through it twice just to absorb it all. It was really good. Oh, really? Yeah. That's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, and it's only a couple of hours to play. So yes. it's definitely worth a, a free download for sure. Awesome, I'll take a look at it. That's, that sounds interesting. At the very least, it'll, if it's only a couple hours, I can whip through that at some point. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I need is like interesting games that I can digest pretty quickly. That that yeah. seems to be my the type of game I have the most time for right now. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like like if I can get something that's like a 10, 15 hour game, I'm way more happy to deal with that than like, oh, you're gonna have to slog through 40 to 80 hours of this. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Like I have no yeah. patience for that. Yeah. Though. Like the yeah, it's it's a really interesting game because it plays with the mechanics of like the game itself it's very meta textual at a certain point so and it it gives you clues on how to navigate through the storyline in a really weird and interesting way but it it is a lot of text so it's like it's visual novel so there's it's mostly reading but and you kind of have to click through but once you figure out the twist it's absolutely amazing so go, go go get it doki doki literature club well, I had to turn off my Steam so it didn't start pinging the internet while we were recording. But when <laughs> I uh, next time I open it up, I'll I'll grab it. Tim, see, I did finish the uh, uh, phase one of my Marvel M- my MCU rewatch, but with so Avengers was last week or Avengers Assembled as they're now calling it in retrospect, yes. which I don't agree yeah. with. But probably my biggest key. Of the week. I know it's the European title of it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they, that, they released it as that in Europe. Yeah, for copyright yeah. reasons, they always do. Which, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because of that oh, fucking right. The appeal yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my actual geek of the week was probably uh, last Friday. I had just pretty shit week, and so one of my friends and I we made plans to go up to Dave and Buster's and just have a few drinks and play a bunch of fucking video games. So nice. I went to Dave and Buster's uh, and blew thirty bucks or something like that on media well some mediocre some good arcade games but like they've got like the mario karts where you actually sit in the cart and everything and oh nice yeah and they've got a bunch of uh levels on there that i've never played before like that i'm not familiar with like uh, a bunch of namco like pac-man levels and shit Mm -hmm. like that oh cool and what else there was you know just like the the nice thing with Dave and Buster's is all the games are like huge and like super interactive so there's like a ghostbusters game where you're actually like catching ghosts and shit Although that one was pretty limited. Where? Oh, where? I I need to play that. I need so, to play that. So it's very much like the original movie style too, Mark. So you, like that's the style of ghost that you're catching. Um, so there, there's no, I'm none s- of the actors. I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically. I mean, I, I'm gonna go back out on these fucking roads right now. <laughs> Fuck that. But basically, all you do is just like follow these ghosts around the screen, like Slimer and like the the mayor and the Scolari brothers and those kind of ghosts yeah. around the screen, like with a 
proton pack proton pack. yeah okay cool yeah it was pretty fun but uh pretty limited gameplay but they have like the jurassic park games or like there's a walking dead game now that's like in, in sort of that same style where it's sort of like for scrolling and you're just basically aiming you know point and shoot kind of thing uh except it's all the the controller is is a crossbow so you're just fucking like shooting off hundreds of crossbow bolts through zombie heads. Cause that makes sense. Yeah, right? exactly. You've got just, you know, a thousand crossbow bolts on your back. Yeah. But the one that was the most fun, I don't know if either of you guys have played this. It's sort of like the old, like star Wars arcade, but it's an updated version and it's star Wars battle pod. I saw a thing about it, but I've never actually had a chance. I haven't been with Dave and Buster's. I think I went there once on a date and I was going to say, I think the last time I went to a Dave and Buster's when, when we went for Eric's fucking bachelor party, like, yeah, <laughs> like a decade ago or <laughs> like whatever now, right? Years ago or something like that. Yeah. Is it more than five? I Jesus. Guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't so. know. Probably or somewhere around there. It'd be like five or six. Yeah, it's probably five, five or six. Yeah. That's um, right. But yeah, so it's this thing you sit in it and there's a screen that uh, sort of envelops you about like sort of a half sphere entirely oh, that's cool and yeah and then it, it is also sort of like for scrolling and most of what you're doing is just aim you know aiming and shooting uh with the mm-hmm. with the control stick but there's like missions on endor where you're in one of the uh, speeder bikes and there's ones on hoth where you're in the snow speeders there's like the Death Star Trench when you're in X-Wing and stuff like that. I think there's about nine different missions on it. But I mean, it's expensive. It's like the sort of thing that is like a buck 50 every time you play it or something like that. But it is really, really fun. Um, I, cool. played, I played it like three or four times different missions. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun. There's a Dave and Buster's right by the IMAX uh, that I use in Oakville. When I go like to see movies in IMAX that I've never been to, but they just opened and I've should probably go at some point because yeah. it's like right there, but I just never go. So I just wish that more like there were places that focused more on just those kind of games because Dave and Buster's is like 60% shitty ticket games kind of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's like 60% fucking like Chuck E. Cheese and like 40% halfway decent games. I just want a place that has just those like advanced sort of really cool arcade game kind of things uh, there's probably a market where like they could do that and then still have some of those classics just floating around behind it like yeah. have a mortal kombat 2 machine and yeah, a yeah, they have, 2 machine like shit like that they have like, some of that stuff to... in dave and busters like they always yeah. have like an old cabinet that's got like uh you know pac-man and, and donkey kong and shit yeah. like that that you can play as well i know i think i spent like 20 bucks on that when we were at eric's bachelor parties because <laughs> i forgot how much i like playing pac-man on the arcade cabinet so i i live in a country where they still have arcades that are multiple floors and like and multiple neighborhoods and stuff like <laughs> i wish um, where, where palladiums are still a thing yeah well when i went to tokyo and i went to akihabara the big geek sector of tokyo they have like the mm. five six floor taito game stations and like one floor is dedicated to the like the the dancing games or like the rhythm action games mm-hmm. there's another floor that's all for fighting games like a big tekken stuff uh street fighter they have the the card based games where you have to like place mm-hmm. cards in it like and the your characters go out onto the screen based on the cards you put down on the it's like that's the arcade experience in asia is so much better it's just yeah it's so much more immersed except you can't understand any of the games well <laughs> that's what one of the joys of rhythm action though is that you don't have to understand the instructions you just have to <laughs> move, like yeah like taiko drum yeah taiko drum master well, all you have to do is yeah. hit the goddamn drum and it's so much fun yeah actually i, yeah. Saw, I saw somebody playing that and i was like that looks right up my alley i would i would be awesome at that game yeah. so 
Just come, you come to Dragon Con next year. Um, Dragon Con has a whole floor of games in the vendor hall. Nice. That's uh, just included in your like in your badge. Yeah. So you just go in, and a lot of them are those like Asian games, the market games that you can't get over here. So like some of them are games where I just like I've I sort of just figure out what I'm supposed to do, but then you know at the end where it's like telling you what how you did and everything, I'm like oh, I have no idea what this is saying, but I had fun playing it anyway, so whatever. Nice. <laughs> okay cool actually i just remembered one thing that we didn't discuss that's pretty fucking nerdy that uh which was the, the, oh, the tesla fa- yeah the the spacex uh falcon heavy launch sorry it's been a bad week my brain's not functioning i completely forgot about that <laughs> i do appreciate they were playing bowie when they launched the spaceman into space makes me yeah. happy good for him <laughs> yeah. i've got a lot of friends that were just super into that because yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i still got all these like uh friends that uh do various nasa or uh, astronomy kind of related uh, stuff. research stuff so or planetary science so i it got posted all over the place this week on my facebook that's pretty cool the best the only thing i saw i saw something on twitter about like somebody hoping that that tesla eventually finds like hits an alien civilization and then comes back looking for its maker a la vj <laughs> from star trek one yeah, so yeah. the enterprise can deal with that tesla at some point just be like wow they shot a fucking car into space <laughs> well if you if you believe this season of x-files uh voyager has already been deposited back on that's Earth. true this season of x-files <laughs> honestly has been i like after the first episode i was like oh shit i think things are going sideways but every episode has been fucking awesome since then so i'm just like all right good for you good times yeah i guess for my geek of the week oh it's been a a weird, weird week. So what the fuck was the, my, the nerdiest thing I did this week? Was it Blade? Was it your 2DS? I did buy... Okay, yeah, well, let's talk about the 2DS. Because I I mean, I rewatched Blade. Big deal. <laughs> I finally bought myself a DS, like a 3DS family of system system kind of things. And at Paul's recommendation... like I mean, I bought it for Metroid, obviously. Um, and that's what I've been spending the most time playing. But I've picked up a couple of the Mario games that were floating around for it. And I grabbed Link Between Worlds, which I will be my next post-Metroid game probably because paul was ranting about it last night yes, i want to say because it oh. is the the true successor to link to the past yeah yeah which is um arguably well it might be my second favorite zelda game now after breath of the wild but link to the past was always like that's yeah. my zelda there game, were other so. 2d zelda games that came out for the 3ds system like spirit tracks and phantom hourglass that i i i liked them okay but they, there was so it felt they felt yeah. a little bit slow to me so, but uh, Link Between mm-hmm. Worlds felt like Link to the Past. So, highly, highly recommend. Nice. No, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Uh, I actually like. I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying the the DS. Like the well, it's because it's not even a 3DS, it's just a 2DS, but yeah. it's one of the clamshell ones. But it's it's a nice little system for what it is. I mean, I got it super cheap off Facebook Marketplace just so mm-hmm. I could play Metroid. But it's it was well worth the hundred bucks I spent on it. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, it's a nice little system, and a lot of the. Uh, sort of social gaming aspect of it the street passing stuff yeah it's not as active now as it was but when it first came out it was a lot of fun and again it was like something in true nintendo style was something none of the other uh, companies were really doing but it really made you feel like you were kind of part of a community of, of mobile nintendo gamers mm-hmm. i'm actually I'm, I'm wondering if they'll relaunch street pass as part of switch when they start getting their online stuff sorted i wouldn't out. be surprised it was really popular and there was ways that they could mo- like they they did monetize it like there were sort of more games you could buy for it that and plus even even on just the normal 3ds games you can still like interact with people that you street pass in i think in some of the mario games and stuff like that yeah yeah, where like they'll they'll give you a bonus or a power up or something like that when you encounter them in the level kind of thing yeah 
Uh, you could do that in Pokemon too, where they like you could challenge people to battles right. if they you were street passing someone who had a Pokemon game. So that was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we all know I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a Pokemon game. That's your loss, man. They're great. No, I think I tried. I think I tried the yellow one on your game oh, at one point. And I just can't. That's first generation. Yeah. They've had six generations of Pokemon since then. <laughs> I'm not an RPG guy, though. You know that. that so. I know that. But my 3DS is basically just a Pokemon machine. Like I play. I have. Yeah, I have not. other games on there. But like, if I'm booting it up, it's usually for Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon these days. Well, I, I resisted mm-hmm. the, until they put Samus on it, and like it, me resisting Zelda and Mario games is saying something, mm-hmm. but. I've never been a big handheld guy, but they're like, this is the first Metroid game since like, well, first good Metroid game, I should say, since Prime 3. So it's like, it's been a long fucking time since I got to play Samus and not hate my life. So yeah, good call. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Meet of the episode time, boys. We're running long already. So I'll see how this goes. (laughs) Meet of the episode. Kryptonian and Amazonian meet together at last. (laughs) Oh. There you go. All right. And Speed Force meat. Yeah. And Atlantean meat. And Gotham meat, then? Is that what's going and on? Gotham meat. A- and computer meat, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Metal meat. Metal, Metal meat. meat. Oh. <laughs> Unpleasant. Synthetic meat. Yeah. Unpleasant. That's what we're sending Christy in the mail. <laughs> Very excited. Very excited to do that. <laughs> so inappropriate, but so funny. Have fun getting that through customs. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's the joke. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I can say I ordered it. That That's doing everything I need to do. All right. So obviously with Christy gone and uh, Paul on board, we've, we've all seen Justice League and we have not done an episode about Justice League. And Tim and I have been kind of chomping at the bit to actually have a conversation about this movie. As you can probably tell, because we've gone on weird little tangents throughout <laughs> episodes of the uh podcast over the past what two or three months since the movie's been out mm-hmm. but now that it's kind of coming out on home video shortly we figured maybe we revisit and actually get a chance to talk about what happened in november uh and talk <laughs> about justice league so first things first uh what was your overall takeaway from justice league let's start with tim because we'll start with enthusiasm <laughs> and then slide down <laughs> the cynical scale to paul i i enjoyed it overall i'm happy to admit it that it had its flaws but i think it is a a continual move in the right direction for DC overall. I felt that the tone of it overall was pretty good, was relatively consistent throughout, even despite the fact that it had two different directors on it, uh, which was clear at a couple points, but uh, I I felt that it had a lot of heart overall, uh, which is probably a lesson learned from Wonder Woman, more so than Batman v Superman and probably Man of Steel did. Or Suicide Squad. Yeah, our Suicide Squad, absolutely. So, yeah, I thought that it was, I, I was, as a, you know, sort of died in the wool DC fan, I was happy with it overall. I had some issues that we'll get to, I'm sure, that I'm probably, that I'm sure others will have more issues with it than I did. But yes, I was happy overall. Not thrilled, but happy. All right. Uh, Paul, <laughs> what did you think? I agree that this is a step in the right direction for the DC movies for sure because there were definitely parts of the movie where I was like I sincerely enjoyed that scene uh, but those were pretty few and far between so like I I think that you're right that the tone of the movie was consistent but it's it suffered from a lot of the things that my least favorite superhero movies do and like it's and that that final act slump that 
even Wonder Woman had is still strongly present in this movie and it's not as bad as wonder woman's final act in terms of like the drop-off but it still had me kind of going like uh, i'm not really like super engaged in this but overall i would say that this is the second best dceu movie and that's damning with faint praise because you uh Uh, yeah i guess i think i think that's a safe say like i mean I, i i still think man of steel is pretty underrated mm. like I, I feel like man of steel is better than people give it credit for i, don't know I liked man of steel i would say i i enjoyed justice league more than man of steel yeah. when i first came out of justice league i was like i think i might have liked that as much as wonder woman after i sat with it for a little bit i was like okay no i liked wonder woman more yeah but there was you know that that gives you some idea that there was a moment of contention mm-hmm. there yeah yeah i similarly like i i kind of come fall maybe more in between the two of you guys i think i came out i had some like there was technical issues with the movie that kind of took me out of it that I was like, ah, oh, God damn. There's some like the special effects failure, like with the lip and shit like that was, I was watching I could see that stuff really clearly. Yeah. And like there was aspects of some of the way they characterized like the really drastic shift in Affleck from like really brooding, angry Batman in the last movie to like making wisecracks and shit. I was like, this is maybe a step too fast in that direction. Yeah. But it felt like damage control in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like just the big shift, just because like tonally from the very get go of the movie, they've got that fucking terrible Leonard Cohen cover going. And it's like, um, <laughs> Zach's it's, it's got Zack Snyder's dirty fingerprints all over it, trying to recapture the magic of the, the Watchmen opening credits. Yeah, but yeah. failing miserably. I like th- you're talking the opening, like like world without a Superman, like the funeral sequence and stuff like that. I don't think it was like the worst thing ever, but it just felt like it was trying really hard and it wasn't succeeding at what it was doing. I attribute ninety percent of that to the fact that he picked a uh, pop song to put over top of it, like mm-hmm. to put over that montage. Where I feel like if he had done something, if he had picked a better song or just gone orchestral with it. It yeah. probably would have been a more effective yeah. sequence. As it stands right now, I don't have a problem with it. I like that sequence because I like yeah, that too. that follow up of Superman is dead. Even though it feels a little unearned, like you don't really get a sense that Superman was around yeah. long enough in the in that universe to be like that mourned. I guess, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that like maybe there was uh, like a good vast chunk of time between. Man of Steel and Batman yeah. v Superman that we're not aware of and like yeah. people are really upset about sh- or him dying but I think it's just like it's part and parcel of the problem they're having whereas instead of doing a proper Man of Steel sequel and developing their Superman they went right into like oh shit people were kind of iffy about it get the bat in there yeah. as fast as possible yeah which like is more Batman v Superman's problem than it is Justice League's problem but we're still feeling the repercussions of that yeah even this yeah. far and out, I just so. don't understand the choice like the choice of that particular song and I know I'm harping on this but like given what that song is about and the conflict of the movie they're so disparate like Leonard Cohen's song is is yeah. about like how the odds are stacked against you because like the whole system is like the whole system is against you whereas this is like a pretty straightforward black and white good versus evil movie and it's just yeah. like you're you you picked a cool song that you like instead of actually thinking about the the message that you're trying to portray in this movie and it just it, it just yeah. didn't work for me at all either way um opening that movie up like having the cold open or like the the wonder yeah. woman cold open scene that was is still like yeah 
that's it was so good <laughs> i more of that yeah like it's just well yeah i thought they did a pretty good job like reintroducing everybody like i liked mm-hmm. the batman scene at the beginning like i didn't think affleck sucked that like i like that he's preparing for the apocalypse because i know everybody's like oh batman shouldn't be like even like prepared or aware for a cosmic threat because he's just a human but i'm like that's the batman in the dc universe to me is like the guy who's aware of everything right so yeah as that universe expands, he becomes more and more like paranoid and hyper aware about everything that's going on around him. They didn't play that that, that aspect of the character, thank God, because he would have just been as dark as he was in Batman v Superman, which might have been a little tiresome in a team dynamic kind of setup. They always lighten Batman up when they put him in the Justice League, right? Like even on the TV show, he's more wisecracky than he ever was in the solo shows. So, yeah. Well, that might have been an interesting tack to take with that character, like moving him, like still having him be that level of paranoid, but having him move it away because of his interactions with the team. That could have yeah. been, that could have been a good character arc for him instead of like putting him in the like affable leader Batman leader position yeah. right away. Cause it did between that and Batman V Superman, it is almost completely different characters. So yeah, that was my thing. That was, that was my biggest takeaway from the movie was that, like, it wasn't the same Batman anymore. I still enjoyed the Batman when I kind of got over like the quippiness and like the jarring change in the characterization between mm-hmm. the two movies. Um, and I still like, I know everybody's shitting on it, but like, I still like Affleck as Batman. I think he was a good call. So I'm still a Batfleck, whatever, like fan. I, don't know. Mm-hmm. I did not find the the shift with Batfleck as jarring as Mark clearly did. The opening sequence, the death of Superman, world with Ed of Superman stuff. I was really happy with that. I, I was focused, I guess, more on the visuals than I was on the audio side of it. But mm-hmm. as somebody who like that's that that storyline is what got me into comics originally is the death of Superman and sort of the fallout after that. I felt that it was, it really captured that those same sort of emotions as they had, where it was just like, what are we going to do now? We've lost Superman, but we have to keep going. Like there was that despair, that lack of hope. I could have almost done with more of that in the movie, actually. Like I think because like, and again, like when, like Tim started reading comics at the same time I did. And therefore we both got into Superman. It was just that all right, Paul and I's dad was the one who got me into Marvel because he was a, a Marvel zombie growing up. And he's the one who kind of got me to shift my focus from DC to Marvel when I was a kid. But like, I remember the, like the, the death of Superman is a weird story. And then it's really just like an excuse to kill him. There's not much going on there, but it's the actual fallout of him dying. That's the very, the most interesting part of that story is the second mm-hmm. act. I would, I could have sat through a movie of them like Superman's dead and we have to deal with the fallout. That's a movie yeah. to me that I'm fine with. Well, or uh, a season of a Netflix show. DC, so, DC Animated is doing another Death of Superman where apparently mm-hmm. they're going to stick closer to the source material than they did on the original one. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, so am I. It'd be cool to see, like, especially like if they do the like, do the full-on Green Lantern Coast yeah. City story. Like That would be cool to see like, yeah, animated. I, if they were going to do a Death of Superman movie where he was dead for like a good like the, a good portion of it, I, I would have preferred that the main character be Lois Lane, and especially since they've misused Amy Adams so horribly in the in these, like, because then they could have taken it on a taken a more human approach to it. But then it's not a tentpole exactly. superhero movie. Exactly, it, it's, yeah. it's it's not that movie anymore. Whereas if you shift that focus to Batman and Wonder Woman, you're like, oh, we can make a Justice League yeah. out of this. Like, I understand that that is a more interesting like story to read or write. Yeah, you're gonna get that on the on the new Metropolis show, Paul. Uh, d- uh, oh <laughs> God, damn it! I Sam. don't want it. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
Tim and I have already gone on at length about how much we don't care about yeah. that show. So before we uh, before we get like dive into the gripes, because I know we're eventually just devolve mm-hmm. into horseshit, because that's the way we do things. What uh, what did you guys actually like about the movie though? Because like obviously, even Paul begrudgingly said mm-hmm. like I didn't hate it. Like, there was stuff I liked. So I'm curious to hear what you guys like. So. Go ahead. I was happy that it wasn't just aping the Marvel movies. The there was humor to it. There was more humor to it than we had maybe in, you know, Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. Um, but that it was it was a different brand of humor. It was better suited to the tone of this shared universe. It was dry, it was wry, it was dark. I I definitely had concerns about the level of humor because the trailers in particular were playing that up. But then when I got actually yeah. got in there, I was like, I'm pretty happy with with this overall. It's not too much for mm-hmm. me. Absolutely. I think that that was there are definitely comedic aspects to certain characters like right off the bat, especially with Aquaman and the Flash. It's just part of their personalities or their the conceit of the character is funny in and of itself. Like I hear you talk to fish was yeah, that was I legitimately chuckled at that. I thought that was funny. (laughs) So there were there were a lot of lighter moments throughout the movie that I was really glad for that. And they didn't feel forced. They felt right. So that was definitely something Mm -hmm. Ezra Miller was funny and uh gal gadot was the light of my life basically when it comes to the dcau movies she's just wonderful yeah and you're the gay brother imagine how she is to me like i every time i see that woman i'm just like oh my good god that is is she real like she's not real right like that's she's a special effect i'm convinced she's all cgi like (laughs) nobody's that fucking beautiful so no she's just that amazing in every way shape (laughs) or form so uh yeah these videos of her like meeting up with little girls who are dressed up as wonder woman and just being like the coolest fucking woman ever about it like this little girl is getting to meet wonder woman and she just plays right into it i'm like oh yeah Uh, whoever your husband is i don't know who he is i'm sure he's an awesome guy but i fucking hate him like i hate him to death just hate (laughs) him anyway yeah yeah seems like to me gal gadot like i feel like gal gadot is now the heart of these movies to me that Mm -hmm. wonder woman character which is her which is her role in the in the dc comic universe as well and always has been or has been for as long as i've been reading uh, wonder woman anyways yeah and it was in the in the old justice league Mm -hmm. cartoon too that like i'm sure tim and i hold an extravagantly high regard because of that and i'm sure paul well you've seen all that too right yeah 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 Yeah, the timber stuff it's just a delight whenever she's on screen when like some of the other story sequences weren't quite as strong like i i still really overall enjoyed like the individual character arcs yeah it fluctuated in quality but mostly like they did service each individual character pretty well I, I would say. Yeah. And considering how big the cast was, I mean, it's not like, it's not fucking Infinity War big, but it is still like, that's a pretty hefty cast for, especially a lot of characters as you were introducing yeah. to people for the first time. Yeah. That was a big fucking load and they, they bore it pretty well. Yeah. They stuck that landing, which was, I was pretty impressed with because they were walking in with like, we are introducing, we have to introduce a villain and we have to three main introduce three yeah. heroes to you. Yeah. So that's a lot of stuff, plus a ton of backstory and reviving Superman. Like it was just a lot of work that mm-hmm. this movie had to do. Yeah, and like it could have gone way worse than it did. Like, yeah. So I was I was pretty happy with everything overall. Yeah, so. I think that's the thing is that this movie felt condensed. Like it did it did do a lot of work in a short amount of time, but then like because it was doing so much world building that it didn't the impact of the overall story felt a little weaker like yeah and and it it was a disservice to the villain who was we're not in gripes yet so we're not going to talk about that but (laughs) like uh overall i i liked the the hero team the hero unit was great was good yeah 
not great. I still have like a nerdy Kevin Smith said this a million times about that movie, but it's just like when parademons show up, it's just like, oh fuck, man, I'm watching a movie with yeah. parademons in it. Like this is just like, what a goddamn yeah. time to be alive, right? Yeah. Like this is yeah. fucking. Sweet. No, I was, I was, so. I got a geek charge when they started talking about the mother boxes because yeah. that brought me right back to ju- the uh, Justice League cartoon. Yeah. I was like, oh, mother boxes, that's cool. <laughs> no, but in in terms of those team dynamic stuff, yeah, I, I agree. The team dynamics they they nailed pretty well. Bruce and Diana played really well off each other, which we've already seen some of in the past, but we got even more of that here. I like see, and I'm I, maybe not in the DCEU particularly, but like the Wonder Woman Batman romance, will they won't they thing is something that I have enjoyed in other iterations of the characters. So read, read the Tom King Batman stuff, Mark. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been downloading it. I got to trade weight. I'm kind of I'm waiting for it <laughs> until I've got a good chunk to read. I always, you know, what I'm like now with comics, where like I have to have like yeah. read an issue. I need like a chunk of trade to mm-hmm. read it. So I am, yeah. I am hyped for it to read that arc. Coming off of the Bruce and Diana thing, just want to like I didn't like that so much, but um, I liked what it said about Diana's character in particular because she's uh, she's clearly still holding Steve Trevor as this like ide- pinnacle of human existence kind of thing, and I like that they they touched mm. on that. Did I need it as a result of the Bruce and Diana romance? This Bruce Wayne doesn't seem like the kind of person that Diana would really be attracted to. Maybe this Bruce Wayne, but the Bruce Wayne that she met in Batman versus Superman, certainly not. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm almost like, I don't feel like he'd be that interested in having a relationship with anybody. Like, that's like where he is as a Batman. Like, he's so like, he's supposed to be much older and like been doing it for 20 years and stuff. You think by now he'd be kind of like, yeah, I like that. I like it, too. Like, I think it's great that they're using an older Batman because I like a, a more experienced, mm-hmm. like, really effective lethal batman or not lethal but you know what i mean like really fucking effective batman so like i like that and i don't like i don't know like that their romance like the wonder woman batman romance works for me overall but like in the movie maybe it's not as strong as it could be and they can develop it later if they want to i'm almost disappointed they're so strongly focused on the lowest thing because i think like seeing wonder woman and superman interacting in a romantic way, like the new 52 style would probably be pretty interesting. Cause like, I feel like it would finally give Henry Cavill something to fucking do, which he very rarely seems to get mm. ever in these movies. Well, the thing is he's so overpowered that you have to, you have to take him out of the picture yeah. a lot of the time. Otherwise it's just not a compelling story. Yeah. And that's always an issue with Superman. Yeah. yeah. A good enough writer can find a way, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's yeah. stories where you can, there's enough justice league comic book stories at this point where they don't have to take him out yeah. of the fray that they could go and lift from that and having him fight the new gods or like the apocalypse side of things. Yeah. At least puts him in, in a situation where his power level is not so egregiously different from like, yeah. it's not like, Oh, he's going to team up with Superman and fight the Joker. It's like that that's last 13 seconds. Right. It's like, where is he? Oh, there he is. Yeah. Boom. I've got him. It's done. But like, yeah, that, that was like, so like having him fight those guys at least gives him something to punch, which honestly, actually seeing Superman fucking punch something. I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that'll do. That will work for me yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I really liked the older Batman take, like, you know, like I said, he's been doing this for like 20 years. The battles have taken a toll on him. Like, it's like, we're going basically a step past the bail bat stuff yeah. uh, which is nice that's not something we've ever seen on screen before no, right yeah i like that and I, I like that take because like 
he's less of a physical combatant and more of a like a mental strategic combatant, which is like my favorite kind of take on Batman. It's like he's yes, he can kick your ass 16 different ways, but he doesn't have to because he's already thought of 28 different ways to take you down without even touching you. So that's a Batman. Yeah, like, yeah he's been through this eight million yeah. times, probably both in person yeah. and in his yeah. head. Kind so of like that, that version of Batman is the Batman that I really like. So I, I like that they're playing that up where he's like the strategic, like I have a plan guy. So that works for yeah. me a lot. But let's not harp on the main three. I think if we harp on the Trinity, we'll be here for an hour because you could talk about all. Well, three I've got. Three. Yeah. Do you have anything else you really want to say? In terms of, well, if you want to get off into the the non big three yeah, characters. I definitely um, do. In terms of other like little character moments, since we're sort of on that, the Aquaman's little lasso speech. <laughs> I was just going to say that. was so fucking good. Like it was, it was a perfect bait and switch. Yeah. It was timed perfectly. Like I got to the point where I was starting to think like, this feels really weird and forced. Yeah. And then like, j- like literally like a second after I start thinking that you, see you find out he's touching the lasso. Yeah. yeah. So and then that's why, that's why. Yeah. So I was laughing it, my ass it, off. that I was almost out of it. And then it just pulled me yeah. right back in perfectly, <laughs> like in even deeper than I was. Yeah. I had exactly the same reaction. And I like totally loved it. Like, all of them are in love with Diana. Like you can literally see it on all their faces. They're just like totally smitten with her, which she's wonder woman. You should be like, if you walked into a room with her, I mean, if any of us, even Paul, who is as gay as the day is long, if he walked into a room with Gal Gadot, he'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm straight right now. I am straight right <laughs> now. Just so I can rub it in my fucking brother's face, probably. But I'm straight. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like a single target sexuality vibe, where it's like you have that with The Rock. I think I might have that for Gal Gadot. Yeah, maybe, maybe could be could be true. I don't know. But yeah, overall, I thought that. I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of Aquaman, but I was pretty happy with it overall. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, I really like that they're playing the reluctant king angle yeah. of him, which is a lot of the good stories they've done with him in comics have been in that sort of stretch, like. You know, it's it's the heavy heavy the head that wears a crown idea. You know, the if the monarchs that really want to be there mm-hmm. usually aren't good monarchs. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward. That that's one of the things that that is actively making me look forward mm-hmm. to the uh, Aquaman movie this year. Yeah. yeah, that actually that when we were talking about like our upcoming like stuff that we're looking forward to, I I was surprised by how much I was looking forward to Aquaman after Justice League, just because he was a lot of fun to watch. I like Jason Momoa too. Like he's he plays that role well. Yeah. I think. And I think it's going to be the Aquaman movie. If they continue the arc that they kind of set up in Justice League, sounds like it could be a really fucking cool, like almost Shakespearean kind of arc for that character to play, which would be fun. Uh, Between like we've we've seen Themyscira before. And so when we went to Atlantis, I was really interested in seeing that world expanded. I was like, okay, I like I like Mira a Mm -hmm. lot. I liked that whole interaction in Atlantis. I I, I'm down for an Aquaman movie. And I do like that they've leaned into that. And like, it's not like there's no precedent because like the Marvel movies have obviously like we've seen Asgard and like we're about to see Wakanda and stuff like that. So it's not like Marvel hasn't done this, but I feel like DC's really leaned into those like fictional places kind of thing. Like everybody has their own yeah. sort of world that has its own tone. Yeah. And and that, that's part of part of just a function of the way that Marvel does things versus versus DC is that Marvel Marvel's stuff in a lot of ways, like, you know, its heart is New real New York City. Yeah, New York City, yeah, Manhattan. Whereas, you know, the the hearts or the or the various sort of centers of the DC universe are all fictional. Yeah. You know, they're Metropolis, they're Gotham, they're Keystone, uh, Coast Keystone City, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Coast City, yeah. Uh, Atlantis and stuff like that. Yeah. So the Themyscira and mm. yeah. I don't know, I like that they're leaning right into like the fantastical side of it right away. Cause like it felt like it took yeah. it took Marvel a little while to kind of like 
I mean, yeah, we got yeah. Thor really early on, but it, it like they they did a bunch of Iron Man movies before they went off cosmic. You know what I mean? Whereas these are like they're really jumping hard into like no, there's fucking gods and shit flying around. It's just like it's different from Marvel, which I think is cool. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, go big or go home. If we want to talk about the other sort of lesser characters, I was I'm on the fence with Barry. It's an interesting take on Barry. If you take it as sort of an early, like a pre-origin sort of uh, Barry Allen, because he doesn't become a police officer until like the end of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Or a forensics officer kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what are they, well CSU or something like that, right? Crime scene investigator, yeah. CSI, I guess. Yeah, his, his dad is still in jail, jail here. I thought that as I'll say that Ezra Miller was serviceable. Yeah. It was original. It had a lot of the earnestness that I associate with the Barry Allen character. I'm reserving judgment on that overall until I see the full Flash movie. Yeah, well, whenever that happens, yeah. but who knows? Yeah. As I've kind of just dealt with the fact that they're just not going to have Grant Gustin in there for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> I liked the Ezra Miller one and like rewatching the movie. I rewatched it last weekend just to kind of refresh myself to do this episode because it had been a while since I'd watched it. I liked Ezra Miller's Flash. Like I like that it makes sense to me that like your super speed would cause you to cognitively react to things faster, therefore making you maybe seem a little kind of distant or autistic or whatever because of yeah. the way your powers work. It's the same way like back in the like the 80s and 90s, Peter David used to characterize Quicksilver as a complete asshole because living at super speed, everybody else feels like you're in slow motion and it drives you crazy and you kind of become a dick because of it, which I yeah, don't have a problem it's very with. Much, yeah, it's very much like the Tim versus Michael Rosenbaum flash, right? Like yeah. he's very, you know, very sort of just hectic all over the place yeah. and a little ADD because well which makes sense because of his power set though right yeah it's just it feels a little bit cartoonish and I don't know if that fits in with the other characters I know what they're trying to do is that they're trying to balance out the the sort of grimness of you know Superman and Batman and uh, even well and and Cyborg and with him and it it works so I'm that's why I'm I'm saying I'm okay with it for now I th- well they've got the t- the team pretty fifty fifty split between like Dower and a little bit sunnier now because you've got wonder woman and aquaman who's a little bit more fun and the flash who's more fun on one side and then like mm-hmm. cyborg who i still think is the weakest character in this movie like i don't he knew is always gonna be yeah and i agree with that and i'm still pissed it's not john stewart green lantern like that would have just <laughs> that would have killed it for hey, me Hey, we got our green lantern tease that's true i know and like that was one of my favorite things when i was sitting in the movie i was like when i walked out yeah. the one thing that kept popping into my head was seeing the ring fly away i was like oh fuck a good Green Lantern movie, like that, built out a lot. That was a lot of world building just mm-hmm. in that one scene of the, you know, the yeah, the Green Lanterns, the Amazons, and like the Greek pantheon, which yeah. feature pretty heavily in DC mythology as well. Yeah, but they've already played that into that with Wonder Woman, so it's not like that was new. They yeah. talked about those characters being around. Yeah, but yeah, no, I like I liked that they had that big scene, and it was actually a really well shot scene too. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked really good. There was, was a couple. Yeah, there was like a couple. Uh, some of the cinematography in this movie, like. Some of it was pretty dodgy. Like you could tell where they were reshooting stuff, but you could tell mm-hmm. where Zack Snyder had a really good idea. Cause that's one thing I can't take away from Zack Snyder is like as a visual stylist, mm-hmm. he's pretty fucking good and mm-hmm. he picks his shots really well. And I felt like those shots were very much him and like done very well. And even the, um, the kind of chase scene on Themyscira when, oh, I like uh, that. Mm-hmm. what's his name shows up when Step- Steppenwolf, when Steppenwolf steals, yeah, steals the mother box on yeah. Themyscira. Yeah, and then he goes and chases them down and stuff like that. I thought that was that was a fun sequence too. Even though I'm not super keen on like 
them having redone all the costumes uh, to make them sexier or whatever. That, that was like, going to be one of my major gripes. Oh my god! Well, you uh, knew that was going to happen, right? Like you know they're going to set them up. Yeah, Zack Snyder's directing. I just so it's not like, like I wish someone had gone in and maybe uh, it was probably too late. Like and they didn't know they didn't know that the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman was going to be such a huge success. But like yeah. it's it felt after watching Wonder Woman, and I've seen Wonder Woman probably seven or eight times now. I having the Amazons in like bullshit RPG armor was so disappointing to me. Like with the weird kind of like the, the when they were all of the bare midriffs when they're hitting the pillars with the hammers, and I was just like fuck you fuck you fuck you why are you doing this stop it stop it stop it like but then they had the really cool chase scene and i was like down for that at the very at the at the very least yes they are they sex them up quite a bit but like they still come off super fucking badass right like well that was yeah that was the thing too like they're that felt somewhat like a manufactured controversy to me because in response to that a lot of the actresses came out and said like i didn't feel objectified at all like i was perfectly happy but, with the costume that they put me in and part of that yeah. is these are the people paying my checks so maybe i'm just yeah. gonna say that regardless but i don't know that that seems like a weak defense yeah it was a little more fan servicey than it needed to be yeah but like that being said, yes, it, they could have toned down the costumes or just kept the same costumes that Patty Jenkins used. Why, why didn't they just do whatever. that? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like the way they treated them, I thought like they didn't, they didn't super objectify them that badly. Yeah. And yeah. they still kicked all kinds of ass and are still available and present. So when like, if they decide to do a Justice League 2 and like fucking Dark Seed, Dark Side, I always want to call them Dark Seed. Dark Side actually <laughs> does come down. They have an army of people like there's two armies of people they've now established that, you know, are yeah. badass that can go and fight parademons. Along yeah. With a big. And it was a momentary gripe. Right? Uh, so, and honestly, mm-hmm. like it was just it pissed me off for the moment that it happened. But it, like it quickly redeemed itself with that with the uh, mother box arrow tag. Ah, so that was a really fun yeah. scene. That was so and cool. it, like I was totally down for that so i don't think it took anything away from the amazons it was just like a kind of eye-rolly moment when i was just starting to enjoy the movie enjoy the movie yeah because of like uh, 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 that scene where all the amazons have their uh, arrows drawn on the mother box was really really cool and then you see the bear midriffs and i'm just like oh you're almost 100 there and you just ah, i don't mind it. the bear midriffs so much but like i i understand the problem but i was just like eh, all right like i knew this was gonna happen but, like they they handled the rest of it so well that i was like yeah i'm fine yeah. whatever yeah I, I'm, let it go. I'm more on the like than the dislike side of that whole sequence but yeah, yeah it's just like eh, it could have been better because and yeah yeah what else did i i'm trying to think what else i like i like the little teaser i like the fact that they're bringing slade wilson in i like that that was cool yeah that was one of my little nerdgasms is getting to see joe manjin and Allo as yeah which really bumps me out because now that they're using him they just got manu bennett back on the tv show (laughs) and now he's gone i'm like god damn it we had him back yeah and then they had to get rid of him because yeah using him in the movies and you can tell and you can tell the arrow writers had no idea that was going to happen because that show is just dog shit after that arc has been like they aborted that arc and now they're rewriting (laughs) the season and it's just like oh good now they're married and this is just unwatchable (laughs) let's not totally skip over cyborg No, no i wanted to get into him because like there's interesting stuff in there, but I just, yeah. it was, it just felt oddly mishandled. 
I thought the writing did his power set justice at the very least. Like he's a very easy character to misuse and either overpower or underpower. But I felt like they really dialed that in pretty well. I was concerned he was just going to be kind of a background character since he is the least popular league member in that version. But they featured his different skills pretty well. I mean, I guess maybe arguably with Aquaman, but when you've got Jason (laughs) playing Aquaman. I don't know. See, there's, I think there's a fandom for Aquaman. Like, there's been runs of Aquaman that I have read that I've enjoyed. Like, that Peter David run in the 90s is, like, I think that's legendarily a good run of Aquaman books. You know what I mean? But in popular so, culture, he's just yes, a joke of a He's character. a joke. Yeah. Yes, and I, well, I'm well aware that, like, I am a diehard comic guy. So, like, I <laughs> I take those Aquaman jokes with a grain of salt. Because I'm like, they've done cool shit with him. And, like, it's all about who's writing the character. So, like, yeah. I've read Batman stories that are fucking god awful and i still think batman's like the greatest character that's ever existed ever so like whatever right it's just how you write it and how it's perceived they're making jokes about like talk to fish shit so i'm like they're owning it which is fun. Yeah. like that's yeah. exactly what yeah do. yeah they're hanging a lampshade on it which is nice yeah. i feel like i i would watch a cyborg movie if it was done in sort of the same vein as black lightning has been doing or uh, luke cage has been doing because cyborg is a character that has a I mean, a heavy racial tinge to it because he is from Detroit and there is obviously a lot of, you know, sort of uh, racial inequality and stuff that that goes along with that area and its history and stuff like that. So I want to see a lot more of Cyborg. I'd be curious to see him even like interacting, maybe like starting to interact with some of the Titan characters at some point too. Like, I think that would be interesting because I don't think they're going to get a chance to use him in that Titan show because he'd be way too expensive to do on TV. Yeah. Uh, this is me being not much of a DC person at all, but who are like Cyborg's typical antagonists in his books? <sighs> That's his issue is he doesn't have a great set of villains, mm. really. Yeah, because he's technically he's always been more a Titan than he's been like a solo or even. Yeah. It's only been the new 52 that he's actually been part of the oh, Justice okay. League. Yep. And. I mean, he works as part of the Justice League. You know, he sort of fills that tech and sort of monitoring everything kind of role that Martian Manhunter used to sort of be the one that was always on monitor duty yeah. because he didn't really identify with humanity. So he wouldn't spend as much time mm-hmm. on Earth. But now yeah. it's now it's okay, now it's cyborg. cyborg. And yeah, it's that's that's the main issue is that he doesn't really have a good set of his own yeah. villains. There's been a there's a cyborg series ongoing right now that actually I think it might have got canceled, but it's been like 20 something issues. And that's always there's been some really good character stuff in it, but that's always been the main issue is just the character, the villains in it have been yeah. underwhelming at best. Yeah. Cause like, even like you can't really take those Titan villains and apply them to him because they're mainly like the big Titan villain is Deathstroke, And that's more of a, or like Trigon. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a little different. Even that's more like a, a beast boy kind of villain or like Raven. Uh, I guess Raven kinda, yeah. Yeah. Raven. Whereas like, and like Slade is always like, it's always Slade and Dick, right? Like it's always yeah. Slade and Nightwing. Like that's always kind of the way things fall down on that in the titans books so. or jericho and slave yeah yes oh, and i'm thinking jericho. of like more tech-based science type villains in these in the dc universe and i'm thinking like the rogues and the flash yeah like the ball and like the thinker yeah. and stuff would be fun yeah, thinker, calculator, calculator, yeah, that i remember of, a big yeah, arc yeah. in birds of prey with calculator trying to hunt down oracle which was pretty cool and well he was trying he was trying to yeah. become like the anti-oracle for a little while in that yeah. in that gail simone run right like he was supposed to be like playing information dealer for the other side, the way Oracle did it for yeah. like the bat family and like the justice league at large at that point. I mean, so. you could, yeah. You could feasibly do like a pretty cool matrixy style cyborg movie where yeah. a lot of the movie is taking place in a virtual realm yeah. kind of thing. Cause there are, yeah. there have been whole storylines of cyborg that have been done like that. And like ostensibly, you know, this whole, 
battle took place in the span of a few nanoseconds kind of thing because it's happening yeah. at processor yeah. speeds. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know. Like, I still think he's the weakest link in this movie, yeah. though. And if, I think it's, I always thought his dad was better characterized than he was yeah. in a lot of ways. I know that maybe just because like they cast the guy a who name created character. Terminator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, I was like, oh, that's the guy who created the Terminator. And then he's like, oh, he's Cyborg's dad. I'm like, that makes sense. Somebody had to think of that when yeah. they cast him, right? Like, that's be part of the process. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <All> right. <laughs> that was part of his audition was like, I already made an AI. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, you guys want to get into gripes? You guys want to get into it? Like, what, what bothered you? Ever, like, pretty much all the Superman stuff. Like, <laughs> Oh, really? Because there was some stuff in there. I liked him interacting with re- reappearing and seeing Lois and stuff. I thought that was nice. And, and the then, fucking like, Speed Force fight was amazing. Oh, I love the, the horror in Ezra Miller's eyes yeah. when he realizes that Superman can... That is moment like, of realization was just amazing. Yeah. That was like the best. That was probably... Yeah, that was probably one of the better scenes in the movie, too. Because you're just like... He thinks... Because he looks so smug up to that point. Like, where he's like, I'm faster than... I got it. I got this shit. And then he sees Superman turn. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, like he can move as fast as or he could perceive me moving this fast. And he hits that hard. Like I am. Bot. Yeah. So and I like that they hinted at the race in the post credit scene. Like, oh, that was God, good. that was that was another nerdgasm cool. moment for me. Yeah. The Superman flash race is just classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was. Anyways, I, I yeah, I just. <sighs> They just aren't gi- still aren't giving Henry Cavill enough to work with. I uh, I agreed. I yeah, will always I say appreciated that. him floating around shirtless for God knows how long. That was that was that was fine. But uh, <laughs> it was just I don't know. Like I still even after three movies featuring this Superman, I don't I still don't know who this Superman is, and I don't really care that much. Like it's. I don't, I don't I feel, feel like, like Man of Steel gave a pretty good picture of who this Superman is. I, I still don't feel like we've had like a movie, a proper movie with him as Superman that like he's the focus of because like the the focus was so blasted like just all over the fucking place in Batman yeah. v Superman mm-hmm. that like he's not even the main character of his own movie anymore. And then this one, he's dead for yeah. like yeah. And, quarters and of it. Man of Steel felt like a mischaracterization of Superman yeah. in general. So I'm just kind of I'm like not. I don't know. I'm. I'd argue Man of Steel's mischaracterization was more on Jonathan Kent and they're yeah. more therefore affecting the way they deal with Clark. Yeah. So like somebody fucked up the way they they wrote Jonathan and that that cascading effect just kind of permeates the rest of the franchise. Yeah. So there's a there there's a go. big problem there. So like I'm happy like I was happy with the Superman fight at the end with Steppenwolf, even though like Steppenwolf is a boring ass villain on the level of Ronan from Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Like it also, it was like it was cool to see him punch somebody, but it was also like it was a curb stomp. Like he just fucking wrecked yeah. him. Yeah, that wasn't a fight, right? It got to the point where he had softened them up that so much that like he just kind of let Aquaman and Wonder Woman finish him off yeah. for the most part because he's just like, I already fucking knocked his teeth down his throat because. Yeah. If I hit him again, he's yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> just getting to see fucking Clark just cut loose on Steppenwolf. Yeah, what he and actually then, and then fucking like, laughing oh. at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like that. That was a good scene. Like he's like, oh, I wish I was dead. I was like, oh, too soon. But like, you know what? Good line. I like it. I like that a little bit. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like that. I like the team bonding, like that last minute team bonding yeah. thing. Like even Diana being like, oh. I'm pretty sure she said exactly the same line in the animated series. Like, I yeah. work with children. <laughs> like, I'm sure that's right out of the cartoon, yeah. right? So, and she's not wrong. Yeah. In terms of gripes, 
Yes, the I mean there there was some rough Superman stuff. We already mentioned the mustache. Oh shit, God! Which honestly, I can't even fucking like. I can't lay that at anybody's feet at DC. That is a bunch. No, of, that's petty bullshit on the part of. I mean, I can't even lay that at the foot of the effects team because it's just petty bullshit on the behalf of the Mission Impossible people that wouldn't let him shave his fucking mustache. Yeah, yeah that that's weird. He could have he could it would have been way easier, especially he's probably a bit part in Mission Impossible. Yeah. I mean maybe he's the main character. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet. But. Still it's not a ten pole movie in the same way. Like And let's be honest, the man's got a glorious beard. It probably grows in like ours <laughs> does. And which means like Two within weeks. a week yeah. the fucking things got it back. Because like if I shaved this off like and let let it go for like three days, it looks like yeah. I have a beard again. So Really? Growing a mustache yeah, is not that big Yeah, and you know deal. what's easy to make a prosthetic of that they've been doing for fucking centuries is a mustache? It's a mustache. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. It, was just, it was just petty bullshit. It was just that they wanted to hurt that production, and they did, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it's just too, and it's too bad, because like some of those scenes, like you could tell, even he even looks a little uncomfortable in some of those like reshot scenes, yeah. too, because it's like... Yeah. Yeah. Because those were like pretty weird. cool scenes. I really liked the like the the two kids interviewing Superman thing was such that felt, yeah that felt classic Superman to me. I mean like that like because mm-hmm. he, he would oh, yeah, stop absolutely. and ta- like just talk to kids for their fucking podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean that's great. So um, could you imagine interviewing Superman? <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, but then he that weird thing with his face that made him look so monstrous yeah. took away like the 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 charm and it innocence took, it of that me, moment it took so me out of much that, for sure yeah uh, it took, it took, anytime like as soon as because it, it's so apparent every time yeah. like that you could see a reshot scene and i was like oh man i'm really noticing this every time he pops up i'm like this is that's too bad because like yeah it's just i don't know i'd like i don't know yeah it's just a shame yeah and yeah overall the effects work was like it had some good and some pretty bad in some areas and uh, there were some spots that looked a little rushed but yeah. like for the for the most part i thought they got most of it down pretty well yeah. like there were some shots of cyborg that i was like mm, that's a little like playstation Same. looking yeah but like Cy- was- cyborg's face cgi was off a bit for me in a few places yeah. like um enough to be distracting like i i i wish that there was a w- that like they just would have imposed the actual performance rather than mocapping some of it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree like i I give them a lot of credit because that's an that's a fucking that's a shit of a, an effect to pull off too, yeah. like, especially because it's just his face inside a very cybernetic body. And it's like that's that must have been a bitch to like even get as well as they did. So, but yeah, I would have been happier if they had like because he was on set, so they just like put him in a fucking green outfit mm-hmm. with like whatever covered. And just his face, let his face be there and do that thing. Or just but. do the Benedict Cumberbatch thing where, like, you get a shot of his entire face with, you know, those cameras and everything. And then just map that right on, like, project that straight onto that figure. Yeah, I agreed. Know. I don't know. They obviously didn't have Andy Serkis yeah. working on the movie. <laughs> so, you know. In terms of bad effects or technical issues, there was obviously a lot of ADR that was yes. sort of added in post that took me out of it a couple times where I was like, okay, clearly that's a line that was added in later uh Uh yeah that was another thing that detracted and i'm sure that's just a factor of whedon coming in later and being like we need to fill this in here and that kind of thing yeah there's one thing that i i just thought about that really pissed me off about the story was where the they leave the mother box on the crushed car and they ignore it for and i know well to be fair they have a rampaging kryptonian on their hands like I, I, I thought the same thing too. I'm like, why did they just leave it there? And then I'm like, wait, 
they literally had like an insane Superman they had to like contain. So it yeah, makes sense. I, but at the same time, it's like you don't you see it kind of like disappear into the thing. You don't even get to see Steppenwolf picking yeah. it up, and I don't know. It was just kind of like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the main it, it, the main plot is like happening there in the background, and we're taking this really sharp turn into the Superman stuff. And I'm like, you could it was a little bit too much of watching the the wheels of the movie turn. Like it didn't just yeah. it didn't flow well together. So yeah. especially because like when they when you see the mother box open, the Flash should be fast enough to get the fuck over there and snag yeah. it before he grabs mm-hmm. it. Right? Like he's that show. I don't know. There that was that was a little weird, but whatever it, it, it was so in service of the plot like just getting them to the end and yeah. it's like you know whatever and, it's yeah. hollywood hack hack job 101 let's just get and in that same scene the you know clark's resurrection and everything one the way that they resurrect clark is fucking shaky at best yeah. uh yeah, using yes. the ship and and combining the abilities of you know all the different team members was that was like fucking deus ex machina as fuck mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. No, um, no, you're not wrong. Ultimately, about that. I was okay with it, and they did it pretty well for what they tried to do with it. But I was just like, eh. mm-hmm. like for me to be on the fence of, with that being a hardcore DC fan, I can only imagine that everybody else was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was right there. Some of that was, I was just like, "This is, this is just plot service to get them there because they don't want to go into any more Kryptonian lore and actually have him deal with yeah. like." Because they never really establish a fortress, right? So, like, you can't take them to the fortress when there isn't yeah. one. Because that ship was the ship that, like, they found in Man of Steel, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? And they re-land in Metropolis. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just glad What's-His-Name didn't show up and start, like, fucking flinging doors open in front of everybody. Uh, <laughs> oh, Crow. yeah. Uh, Jor-El. And yeah. then once fucking Supes is resurrected... Lois uses his goddamn name in public. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, they use, like, Aquaman outright calls bruce wayne batman like six different times in front of like a hundred people so obviously not super worried about the secret identity oh, shit in this movie no. anymore. Me, yeah. that one the one the one with aquaman like i was like what the fuck like you should be pissed at him he just identified you as the batman like that's your deepest darkest secret but you're just like no i'm cool it's no it's, yeah yeah he's right i'm the batman like no you're not iron man like you're yeah. batman the secret identity is important to your like character yeah, setup so yeah, yeah. What the fuck? But yeah, when she's like outright says Clark, I'm like, that cop's right there. The fuck, yeah. guys? Like, that's three seconds worth of work if you're a decent yeah. cop. So especially considering like you put the glasses on, you take the glasses off. It's not a different fucking yeah. person. You yeah. know I mean? <laughs> like he's not wearing a mask. The whole unity thing felt a lot like a MacGuffin to me. It felt like they wanted to use anti-life, like the anti-life life equation mm-hmm. from the New Gods comics, and they just couldn't for whatever reason, couldn't pull the trigger on that. Like they were just like, Oh, this is, you know, not a mainstream enough idea or something like that. Yeah. Kind of thing. And so they just like took that same idea and just renamed it, Mm -hmm. which is weird to me because like everything else is so straight. And like, we've had, we're we're now we're literally 10 years into the MCU where people are just buying into Asgard and like, like Ragnarok came out and like a week before justice League or two weeks before justice league. And was just like, you have to know a lot to sit down into yeah. that movie, and people still went in droves to see it. Right, and the like, fuck into it, and it's you buy right the fuck into it. It's like you, they could have done the same kind of thing here, but they just mm-hmm. didn't for some reason. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It's like the Warner, the Warner executives still think like the the general populace is afraid of like any kind of deep comic book continuity stuff, in spite of the fact that like Marvel has now made billions of dollars just dumping all of this 
insane comic book nonsense onto a silver screen and mm-hmm. we just eat it all the, the thing fuck is, up, like, right? They like, lean so hard into that apocalypse shit. Like Steppenwolf yeah. was like really actually in Batman yeah. v Superman. They fucking showed us like straight up boom tubes without going into too much detail on what they mm-hmm. were. And that I love the boom yeah. tubes. I was mm-hmm. that was one of those things where yeah. I was just like I live in a fucking era where I can see boom tubes on the on a silver screen that was amazing <laughs> yeah like the mother boxes look cool as shit too like they actually got and, yeah. everything looked fucking cool yeah. as fuck i was like i don't know but yeah it's just like little nitpicky things where i'm like oh you're taking me out of it because like you just don't want to commit wholesale to it like just look at i i know it's you don't want to always say it but like there are some things you can take from marvel that is one thing you should take from marvel is just like yeah. go whole hog like don't fuck around i am iron man blah 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 like super soldier frozen in ice for 50 years still alive fine whatever just get him kicking ass mm-hmm. like let's just do it and like for some reason they hesitate about little things on the dc side it's just like ah mm-hmm. you almost had yeah. it but you held back a little bit so you know. all right so let's wrap this shit up so if we're going to like if you were reviewing this what would you give it as a rating and what is your like the absolute favorite part of the movie for you like what do you, what is the one thing that stands out as the best thing in the movie to you. So number rating, best thing. Paul, you start. I will give this movie a five out of ten. Oof. Um, Ooh, really? Watchable, but not something I'm really looking forward to ever watching again. <laughs> but like, it did, but the best part of the movie was definitely Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Her, yeah. especially her opening sequence where she takes out the terrorists. Fucking excellent yeah. action sequence. We're worth the download right there. <laughs> All right, I'm making DC Boy go last, so I'll just say I'm right with you with Gal Gadot as like the just the fucking pinnacle, shining center of that universe at this point. I will also give a little bit of a shout out to actually seeing Superman punch the shit out of something. <laughs> just fulfilled a geek want of mine, very similar to the hyperdrive collision in mm-hmm. Last Jedi. Filled up like just for all the problems I have with Last Jedi, like I will forever love that movie because they finally showed me a warp drive or sorry hyperdrive collision and it was amazing so seeing superman just like rail fucking steppenwolf in the fucking mush i was like yeah that's it took them four fucking (laughs) movies but we got there so um and then so like number rating i'm i'm gonna be more generous with paul but not that great so like seven maybe seven and a half probably so that's where I'm at with this one. I know Christy's just gonna be like, you always give them high ratings. <laughs> but you're not here, so fuck off, Christy. <laughs> and there's bias. Yeah. Right. That brings it around to me. Um, I'm probably sitting pretty much around where Mark is. I'm probably sitting at like seven and a half out of ten. Uh, I was I was happy with it overall, not as happy as I was with one Roman in the end. But it was, I mean, for me, just being able to see a fucking justice league movie with all these amazing characters for the most part done really well was great my favorite part of the movie overall i think was you can't have a team like a superhero team building story without having that like fight where there's you know some some miscommunication or something like that that happens so that was my favorite part of the movie overall was that fight where they're all trying to subdue the newly resurrected kal-el yeah actually i liked that too because like it wasn't as tropey as just like oh they're just kind of run into each other and just decide to yeah. fight it was like no we're we know that he's a good guy we just got to like get him under control it wasn't like the the typical trope of like 
superheroes fight and then go attack the bad guy together because they realize they're yeah. actually allies yeah. like that kind of stuff um yeah it wasn't just mistaken identity or whatever or some some misdirection yeah. kind of thing but yeah that was great and i mean the pinnacle of that was the the speed force uh stuff mm-hmm. with barry and clark was fucking yeah. outstanding that was probably the moment in the movie where i was just like oh yes give me more of this yeah i i would yeah i would lose my mind if they could finally actually do more of this so <laughs> That'd be so, awesome. That being said, Danny Elfman's uh, Batman score flourishes were a really nice touch as well. See, some of that took me out of it a little bit because I'm like, it's not the same it Batman. Is, yeah. So I'm like, mm, I don't know. But it is, I mean, it's pretty iconic. Like, it, it is cool hearing that score mm-hmm. again because, I mean, I that I, I mean, we grew up on that, those fucking movies, right? Like those Chris Reeve movies, like even the third and fourth one that are yeah. complete dog shit <laughs> and I haven't seen in 20 years. Like, I have weird fond memories and I've seen them like, dozens of times because i watched those movies like they were crack for like me as a kid because that's all we had right yeah i I still have a weird fondness for that nuclear man fourth movie (laughs) i don't know why i mean it's like the worst thing ever so quest for peace you broke my heart yeah all right so i'm gonna wrap up you guys have anything else you want to say no i think there there were lots of jokes that worked in this movie the uh what's your superpower i'm rich joke worked (laughs) that was a good joke i was i was all all for that joke i have 100 percent time for that joke i also i want to see a lot more of jk simmons as gordon I'm just hoping they recast it. Like he, they, he gets to cross fucking worlds and comes back as J. Jonah Jameson. Like I can't, they need him back. I don't know why they just need him back. I need that performance in my life again, especially in the MCU. But yes, as Gordon sold, I was like, I was, I was hesitant at first cause I love Gary Oldman so much in that yeah. role, but he, he nailed like a real more, a more comic booky yeah. kind of Jim Gordon, yeah, which I thought was, which, really which is what this cool, universe so. needs. Yes. Agreed. Cool. All right. So we're, we're all good. Paul, did you have anything else? Nope. That's it. Okay, good. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can let us know what you thought about Justice League uh, on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash dancerobotdance. Our Twitter's at DRD underscore podcast. Or you can email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or on Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. I don't know how people do things anymore. Um, so for Dance Robot Dance, I'm Mark. Uh, I've been here with Tim. Now can we do a fist bump? <laughs> yes, we can do a fist bump now. And my brother, Paul. Bye, guys. And just Paul and I have launched another podcast as of this week. So it's called Side A, Side Which B. I just downloaded. You can go search it on. Yeah, Tim's. Uh, we'll be looping Tim in and having him guest eventually, probably sooner rather than later, because uh, it's all about it's Paul and I sitting down. And what happens is we each pick an album. And then we each listen to those two albums and we have a little discussion about it. It's just kind of a fun thing that Paul and I decided to do. It's something I was actually planning to do on Dance Robot Dance for the longest time, but just never really fell into it. And Paul and I were chatting. I was like, we should just do this as a show. So there it is. We are on Facebook and uh, on Twitter, too. Uh, You can find us there. So I think the Facebook specifically is... um, what was it? Side A B podcast. A side A side B podcast. Hang on. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I think it's Side A B podcast on Facebook. Yeah. But yeah, if, we'd love it if you came over and listened to that too. That'd be sweet. Just kind of like expanding the Dance Robot Dance universe a little bit, I guess. So there you go. Thanks again uh, for listening and have a good week, guys. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, Christy will be back. We'll have to see. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.